How you doing, all you little hucksters? This is the Incredible Hulk Hogan, the WWF Heavyweight Champion of the World, and I'm really excited about this new Pie Factory podcast. Hello, this is Tim, one half of the Super Podcast Bros Retro Gaming Show, letting you guys know the reason why I wasn't on our collaborative episode with Pie Factory Podcast was because I was very, very sick and had no voice. I realize that this is lame and makes me a skid on the underpants of the retro gaming community. But don't let that stop you from enjoying the Pie Factory. Do you guys have like a formal introduction or... Um, Andy, have you met my friend James? James, Andy? Andrew, this is my friend Jonathan. <laughs> Hello, I am Jonathan. Yes, if we had our cameras on, you would see that I am wearing a monocle. And I just tipped a top hat and offered a dainty handshake. <laughs> and I have a watch on a gold chain in one hand and a cane in the other. Well, bully for you. Bully, bully for you. Well, since there's no big news really in the potato realm. No. no. But uh, but actually, I guess but there was a headline the other day stating that uh, the potato growers in Idaho are expecting a renaissance in the potato industry. So, oh. yeah, there you go. Renas- I, I, what, what, what exactly does renaissance imply in the potato industry? Well, you'll have to read the article and find out, won't you? Link All in right. the show notes. Link in the show notes. <laughs> so, there, now you don't even need to edit it in. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll just do all the, the sound bites myself. Can you say, watch out for snakes? Watch out for snakes. There we go. So once does again, does that mean you have to sing the love theme from Adenda and Arata when we get to that segment? Sure does. I I can Uh-oh. even. Just, you can just loop that. There we go. <laughs> that was the acapella version of the Happy L. We should hire somebody to do a heavy metal version of that. How about that one dude whose videos you shared like every three seconds, and it's like. Gah! <laughs> I'm sorry. He was hilarious. I loved his uh, his versions of Take On Me and Informer. Um, hello. So. That was a good hello. Informer. I can do that. Oh, you can? Yeah. Well, let's do that then. Come on, now. Who do you think did our theme song? I was going to ask you about Eddie that. Eddie Lee? Yeah, no, that's that was all me. Wow. What bands are there from Minneapolis other than I Prince? I don't. Prince is not a band, thank you for yeah. asking. These days, I couldn't tell you. I, I am so out of touch with the music scene by seven, eight years. I, I have no, It's mostly like hip-hop people these days, which is not my thing, so I kind of don't follow it. Pre-show, we were talking King's X and the lead singer slash bassist, uh, Doug Pinnock, is actually from my hometown of Joliet. Wow. Yeah. And so is uh, Lionel Richie. Was he actually from Joliet or did he just I don't know. He there? went to school there. Did I, know I ever tell you there. about the Joliet East High School yearbook at the Joliet Public Library? No. We had it in our local... I worked there for seven years. We had it in the local history section. One day, I found the, the, the yearbook. It was just out on the table, so it was my job to put it back, you know. And I was just kind of flipping through it. Every damn one of the pictures of Lionel Richie in that thing was cut out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, who was the bastard who did that? By the way, he was in band. No. You don't say. I Lionel Richie? I thought he was Lionel, like in drafting. He was in the Lionel drafting Lionel Mother, shut your mouth. Richie was in band. Hmm. Sounds fishy to me. I don't know if I believe well, you. Should I introduce the show? We've been kind of like talking yeah, for like Yeah, I was going to say, is the show started now or how, do, how does this know. usually go? This is probably go? an extended outtake section, I would say, at uh, this point. Fair enough. But 
Anyway, hey, everybody, welcome to another... You're trying to f- think of another adjective. Yeah, insert adjective here episode of... Sensual episode. Ooh, bomb chicka wow. Um, this is our last show before Valentine's Day. There you go. Oh, and I was just playing two games before the show. Uh-oh. Uh, I was... Well, first of all, let me introduce myself. From the irradiated wastelands of Morris, Illinois, this is Jimmy G. And from the White City, this is um, Jonathan... And from the home of Eminem Mars and 3M and Prince and the Revolution and Mystery Science Theater 3000. And Spam. Don't oh, forget yeah, Spam. And, oh, how could I forget Spam? This how is could, Hormel. And that's about all we got. I think you nailed all of them. You also have the electric fetus. Let's not forget that. That's true. And well, Soul what the hell's Asylum. Your name? <laughs> My name is Andy Ryerson. I come to you on behalf of the Super Podcast Brothers Retro Gaming Show. Unfortunately, my podcast lover, Tim, will not be joining us as originally planned. Oh, well, he's been kind of under the weather, and instead of waiting for him to get better, we decided just to plow ahead like the bastards we are. Hey, we made a promise, and in radio, if you promise that a certain song is going to come up in the next hour, you play that damn song, schedule be damned. And That's we're, right. And, me and Sean being the radio professionals, quote-unquote, that we are, we are keeping our promise to you. That is just part of the value that is Pie Factory. Oh, did I ever tell you about how people would phone in requests when I was on the air? Oh, no. This is like 1996, 1997, remember, when not everybody had cell phones. Very few people did. And every time you made a call, it had to cost you something. More than one time, I'd be on the air, and the phone would ring, and I'd pick it up, and I'd say, hey, it's a cat, what can I do for you? And... And I'd hear, you have an AT&T collect call from, play some Zeppelin, man. (laughs) That's genius, actually. I think I actually did that once or twice way back when I was younger when I needed a a ride home. Oh, yeah. I needed someone to pick me up. That was kind of like the trick. I don't know if they ever actually found a way to get around that or anything. There you are. So, hey, welcome, Andy. And uh, as I said, we're uh, we're just bastards for not waiting for Tim. But get well soon, Tim. You're welcome on our show. Not right this second, but uh, give us a little bit. And <laughs> we'll you, we'll you give you equal up. time if you want to rebut what we did here. Which, which I don't very know why well anybody might. would want to rebut what we yeah. did. So, Sean, what have you been playing? Oh, funny you should ask. I, I'm <laughs> laughing so hard. That's how funny it is. Yeah, well, let's see. On that's the, actually, on the way- that's an old joke. That, that's an yeah. old joke. We got to move on from the uh, funny you should ask thing. So, well, It's quite amusing that you should inquire. I have an anecdote for you. On the way home tonight, I was playing some uh, Bust a Move. Uh, Bust a Move. What? Which version? Of, it was on the. It was uh, the the N sixty four version. I was emulating it on my GPD XD, and uh, I was having some fun with that. Um, I try. What else did I do? I was also Bust playing. Bust a Move is a fun game. It really is. We got to talk about that one. Bust a Move slash Puzzle Bobble. Puzzle Bobble. Yep. 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 And uh, I've been playing a lot of Time Pilot lately, actually. Oh, really? There's something very satisfying about that game. I can't put my finger on it. We should talk about that. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Damn. Oh, well. Uh, and, of well. Course, and, of course, I played some Mappy and uh, WWF WrestleFest for some stupid reason. I don't know why. It, it, just, it just occurred to me that I should play those games. But, some uh, sadist forced you to? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And um, I recently acquired Juno First for Is the, that the 2600, the homebrew. Yeah, yes. I haven't played it. I have yet to play any version of Juno First, so I don't know oh, what I'm uh, getting that into. That version yet. is excellent. 
Excellent. The arcade game is amazing, and the yes. uh, the twenty six hundred version is really spot on. Mm. Oh, and I mentioned I think it was our previous episode. I mentioned that I had gotten uh, Star Castle and that I lost it. Well, I found it. It was about three inches away from where I remembered putting it. So I was just too lazy to look for it. That's all. You're getting older, just like me. No, I'm just getting lazy. Is that version of uh, Juno First, is that compatible with the Atari Vox, or am I imagining that? I don't know. You know what? Let me find out. Hyde, you have to find the Commodore 64 version of that tune. I have the Juno First manual right here, and... um, Let's see. I don't see any mention of the Atari Vox. I just plugged in my Atari Vox for the first time, like this weekend. Well, I just pulled it up on Atari Age, and it indeed is. So oh, there you okay. go. Awesome. I've never what? played it that oh, way. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Save key and Atari Vox. Okay. It is. Uh, oh, you you pick up enemy communications over your radio. Ooh. I finally use this. I've had this thing for months, and I finally plugged it in, and I was using it with... Uh, I was using it with the Dungeon Stalker Atari 7800 Homebrew and ah. Stratogems Deluxe for the 2600. I see. I've got to get one of those Atari Voxes. I've been yeah, meaning to forever. Production. What exactly is it? It is a little device that you plug into the right joystick port. And by the way, if you have a 7800, it's not going to fit unless you either remove the plastic casing from it or you use some kind of extension cord, which is what I do. Uh-huh. But you plug it into the right controller port of a 7800, 2600, or Vectrex. Yep. And it's double. It's a voice synthesis slash high score saver. Aha. Uh-huh. So basically, any game that saves high scores, it'll use that thing. And uh, it's a voice synthesis thing. I wonder if that could be adapted just to, uh, to save games in progress, too. That would be really cool if they could. Now, the only com- complaint I have about it... And there's probably nothing they could have done about this, but it has its own output. So you have to like mix it in with your TV sound or deal with a separate speaker or something, which can be kind of a pain. But other than that, it is a cool little thing to have, and it's not terribly expensive. What else have you been playing, or is that pretty much it? Uh, that's pretty much it. Well, I'll tell you. I've been actually, uh, with uh, the games that we are going to be talking about tonight, I've played some of those. And I've been uh, dabbling with the emulators. Um, I've been playing a little Werewolf the Last Warrior. (laughs) Gave up in disgust. Oh, yes. And out of curiosity, I uh, downloaded the Dolphin emulator. That's the emulator. It emulates the GameCube and the Wii. And I was shocked pleasantly that... uh, the uh, the few games I've tried for the GameCube. First of all, the games are huge. They're like a gig, so uh, you know they're a, they're a disc. So you know you gotta you gotta expect that. But I was shocked pleasantly that the two games that I was playing uh, worked rather well. I uh, what was the first one I downloaded? Oh, um, legally, oh, legally of, course. of course. 007 from Russia with love, which I did not know that they made for the GameCube. And on top of that, I did not know that they actually got Sean Connery to come in for the game to redo his lines from the movie. Wait, are you being serious? I've never heard of this version. Hmm. I'm dead serious. And you are playing from Russia huh. with love as Sean Connery as James Bond. That's awesome. I'm going to need to check that out. I'm playing this, and it is damn fun. It does take some liberties with the storyline, but uh, obviously. But uh, you even get to fly the jetpack 
uh, as was briefly seen in the beginning of the film. So that was uh, a little bit of a treat. Uh, and the other game I downloaded because I was curious was the first uh, Resident Evil, and I couldn't even get past the first zombie. So uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was uh, quickly deleted off of my hard drive. And uh, there's a few others I want to check out. And uh, I was quite shocked at how well the Dolphin emulator runs on my laptop. I mean, obviously, there's still slowdown and audio problems because it's not perfect. But uh, for what it is, it runs rather, uh, rather well, I thought. I haven't tried any Wii games with it yet. Quite frankly, I don't know how I would do that with I was gonna say, uh, does, does that motion even, controls. Does it even allow for that? I've, I've never heard of that, but I, I, haven't, I haven't used Dolphin much yet. I, I don't know about that so much. Um, I do know that my laptop does have Bluetooth, and if I'm not mistaken, the Wii controllers are Bluetooth. So hmm. Possible, you know, I guess. Your mileage may vary. Yes. I had mentioned a while back about the uh, 8-bit Doe NES 30 Doe. Pro controller that I've got, and uh, I've talked about it a lot. It's Bluetooth. You can connect it to any Bluetooth device or, you know, with the included USB cable, uh, and you can use it as a controller, you know, that way as well, as like a wired controller. Uh, and I did mention that they actually make a dongle for the older NES and SNES consoles, the actual console. So where you plug it in, it's a Bluetooth dongle that will make allow your 8-bit dough uh, NES 30 uh, Pro controller actually work with the classic and with the original NES and Super NES uh, consoles. So if you got those lying around, you buy the dongle, you buy the controller, and you're all set. Come to find out, they actually created a dongle for the NES uh, Classic Mini. So you can use the 8-bit dough controller with that now, too. The dongle is extra. It's going to cost you like 25 bucks extra, but uh, it's still pretty cool that you can use a Bluetooth controller on an NES, SNES, or the uh, the Classic Mini. That was awesome. And uh, let me think, what else was have I been playing? Oh, yeah, just before the show today, I played a little of WWF WrestleFest, and uh, I was just looking for other games to play, and uh, I found a couple of games that we can talk about for Valentine's Day this year. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Pachinko Sexy Reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Hot Memory. So those are those are two fun games for the Valentine's Day season, and uh, not at all uh, naughty or anything like that. No, 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 not at all. No. And uh, yeah, so uh, that's what I've been playing, and um, I still haven't picked back up on Sam and Max Hit the Road. I bought that a while back. Those are and great games. I. <sighs> I got to a point and I just I just stopped for a while and I haven't gotten back to it. In the interim, I picked up Firewatch for my laptop, and uh, that's a good game. But it's only there's only like five hours of content. But I loved the concept of the game where you gotta you're like in Yellowstone or near Yellowstone. You're looking at working at a fire lookout and you have to solve a mystery and use he, uh, there's heavy map and compass usage in the game, and uh, I collect maps, so that was. Uh, quite the treat for me and uh yeah so that's uh that's what i've been doing as far as game playing and um oh hey sean by the way did you hear uh we were talking about i guess this is kind of addenda and errata but it's not about a game uh we were talking about frango mints in a recent episode oh yeah i have that in my show prep notes actually oh well do you want to bring it up then since you got it in the notes well you know what we should save that for addenda and errata that's fine. And you know what? I've been very rude to our guest. Guest, what have you been playing? Well, I have obviously guest been playing. Guest has a name. <laughs> yes. And, my... and it's actually G. His first initial is G, and his last name is West. 
So, quest. correct. Yeah, no, I've I've been playing a lot of obviously Mappy and a WWF WrestleFest for this episode. It's amazing I'll, the three of us came up with those same two games yeah. to play. Wow, maybe, what maybe are the odds? It's just like how Lou Gehrig got Lou Gehrig's disease. I, I mean, know. <laughs> what's up with that? It's astronomical. Yeah, insane. But yeah, other than that, uh, obviously on Super Podcast Brothers, we just wrapped up our uh, Vectrex special. So I, I've been playing a lot of Vectrex games up until a couple days ago. And really not a whole lot other than that. I did buy Double Dragon 4 yesterday for PS4, the, the brand new Double Dragon sequel, which is... Four? Yeah. It's not good, by the way. So uh, okay. I, I would not recommend buying it. Um, yeah, nostalgia I don't really for talk- nostalgia's sake. Yeah, I mean, aspects of it are are all right, but it's it's just kind of a mess. It's seven bucks, so I don't feel too bad. But I was a little disappointed because I've I've come to like that series ever since we did a bonus episode about a year ago on our show about it. It's, I didn't really care for it before, but uh, Tim's influence has rubbed off on me, and I've grown an appreciation for the beat 'em up genre. But that's one to skip. Stick to the second game in the series. That's still really fun. But, is it yeah. double dragon season among podcasters? Because uh, Bill Pepper just talked about the seventy eight hundred double dragon on his podcast. I'm I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the fact that the uh, the new the fourth game was just released. So it's it's very possible because yeah. I, yeah, I have seen quite a few uh, double dragon appearances around the retroverse. Wasn't there a double dragon cartoon show? I don't yeah. know. There was a movie. There was a I live was action a movie. movie that was awful. There may have been an animated series. I'm I not sure. I heard the movie was awful, but the one thing I remember Roger Ebert saying about the movie was, even though the movie was awful, he said uh, he thought the uh, universe that it uh, depicted uh, was uh, actually interesting, like the way that the buildings were all like all up on jacks and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I've not seen the movie. The only video game movie I've seen in the theater were the fir- were the first two Mortal Kombat films, which I hate Mortal Kombat, but I loved the movies. Oh, those the movies, movies were, are fantastic. Those movies are just good escapist entertainment. Yes. If you're going to uh, watch either The Wizard or Super Mario Brothers, get the Rift Tracks version. <laughs> or just the, don't watch them. Or that just would, don't watch them. That would be the my Rift recommendation. Ver- the Rift Tracks versions, though, are really good. Uh, I have to say, I could so. say I could see those being good. I, I've yeah, I need to check those out because I I do love the uh, the uh, Rift Tracks and MST 3K sort of thing. Nintendo did something though that McDonald's couldn't. That was sponsor a full length commercial for their product and have it do decent <laughs> at the box office. Of course, Lego did that a couple of years ago too, though. So true. I remember one the one one review I read for the Lego Movie was. Uh, some would say that this is just a cynical ploy to, to sell toys. Well, it is a cynical ploy to sell toys, but it's a good cynical ploy to sell toys. <laughs> have you have you seen the, the trailer for Lego Batman at all? Oh, yeah. I've already got tickets for me and my son to see it next Friday. Yeah, because I'm, I'm neither a huge fan of Lego or Batman, but that movie looks fantastic. I cannot wait to see that. What kind of commie isn't a huge fan of Lego? I mean... I don't. Well, Legos are Denmark, though. Yeah, so. I don't dislike it. I just was never very into them as a child. I had Legos. I I don't dislike them, but it, they're not. It's not like I'm a huge Lego fanatic or anything. I was more of a Playmobil kid. Uh oh. <laughs> I was, I was in the special classes. What can I say? We'll have to get him the Playmobil TSA security checkpoint playset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and you know what? We would be remiss if we didn't mention um, some news that uh, came about in the last week and a half or so. 
Um, tragically, the world has lost the father of Tinkle Pit. What? The creator yep. of Tinkle Pit died. Well, we don't know if he's the creator. Well, he's the father of it. But didn't he have some do some other games too, though? I'm sure he did. I didn't do any research, unfortunately. I know his. Uh, I forgot his name. I mean, actually, you know what? Let me look it up on Facebook because a friend of mine posted it in my timeline. It was a TMZ article. It said the creator of Pac-Man has died. It's like, no, the Toro Iwatani is still alive. Oh, Masaya Nakamura. Aha. He was 91. 91 years old. And he created Tinkle Pit. He's in charge of Namco, who made Tinkle Pit. Also Mappy. And Mappy. (laughs) And Pole Position. Yep. And Pac-Mania. And various many other games. Uh, Was that a moment of silence that just happened? (laughs) I think inadvertent, (laughs) yes. I'm bringing my own show to a screeching halt, let alone your show. (laughs) Holy cow. I guess that's what I do best. So... If I was wearing my hat, I would take it off for for him. In his honor, I ate a pizza with a slice missing tonight. I'll put the, the seat down on my tinkle pit. <laughs> Which memory. brings me to this. Uh-oh. It's This is the Pie Factory podcast, so we should talk about pie. And last time I mentioned that I was going to Peace, which is a pizza restaurant in Wicker Park in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, you said, ooh, why don't we talk about pizza since it's a type of pie? So let's do that right now. Well, why don't we? Well, a little background for people that haven't heard. Uh, Peace is a pizza restaurant in Wicker Park in Chicago, and it is owned by Rick Nielsen, co-owned by Rick Nielsen. You might know him as the guy that plays the five-necked guitar in the band Cheap Trick. So, yeah, the reason we went was that uh, there's another trendy place in Chicago called Honey Honey, Honey 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 Butter Fried Chicken. Which is exactly what you think it is. It is fried chicken that you're supposed to spread honey butter on before you eat it. Go on. You have my interest? (laughs) I couldn't tell the difference with or without it, to be quite frank, um, even though I'm Jonathan. So they were teaming up with Peace, and uh, they've done it before. They made a really awesome... The fact, one of the best pizzas I ever had was honey butter fried chicken pizza at Peace. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. it was a limited time thing. And they were doing another limited time thing this time with uh, pimento cheese. Ooh. And, um, oh, man, I forgot what kind of sauce it was. It wasn't marinara sauce. It, it was some, I don't know if it was sriracha or what, but it was pretty freaking good. And uh, it was actually pretty good. And the thing is, like, my wife said, okay, well, what size should we get? I was like, well, there, there are two of us. We should probably get a large. And I didn't realize that their larges are really honking huge. They're like it's huge. They are Tom Servo huge. They really are. I should, I, Big Mick Large yeah. huge. But anyway, so that's my pie talk for tonight. This pie segment has been brought to you by pies. Yeah, I unfortunately by- don't have any recent uh, pie excursions of any kind, whether it be the dessert variety or the the pizza variety. Or how about the kind that Victor Marlin was getting was giving us a hard time about? Because he's like, you know, those Americans, they don't eat pie. Sure, they have fruit pies, but you know. Well, all I know is if you've got a Casey's General Store in your town, oh. go in, go in and get the breakfast pizza. All their pizza is excellent. Oh, the older taco pizza is really good. Oh, I haven't had it in pizza, years. Oh God, the breakfast pizza, so oh. good. Yes, yeah. So I guess that's it for Pie Talk. Yes, you're listening to Pie Talk on QWZ 505 FM. 
which is impossible because I'm just making that up off the top of my head. Sounds like a ham radio call sign. Ooh, it does, actually. Ham. <laughs> well, enough of the light hits and the news. We mentioned that uh, Galloping Ghost, uh, they just introduced, oh gosh, they introduced a game this week. Um, oh, it's escaping me. And it was one that I was excited to see. It's not Journey. It's not Journey or Tinkle Pit. Thank okay. God it's not Journey. Ugh. Uh, I want to play the actual arcade game. I'm sick of emulating it. As we'd said on the episode when we talked about Journey, the game isn't terrible. It's just... The, but it's Journey just is terrible, un- so therefore it is well, terrible. I I would disagree with that <laughs> to a degree. But the the game is just uninspired, and it needs an eight-way joystick. That four-way joystick just is bullshit Nikes. I remember we were talking to Doc about that, and he said, you know what? Journey's not on my list. I remember that. Yeah. So he's not even looking for it. Ah, rock and good rope. man. Rock and rope. That's what they introduced. Uh, that was a the Konami platformer, which is uh, quite fun. So. And there is some more uh, uh, newsworthy stuff about Galloping Ghosts we should mention. Yes, yes, yes. you are correct, sir. Uh, Galloping Ghost acquired Orcade. Dot com. A U R C A D E. Yes. So. All of your scores sent to Orcade are now being handled by Galloping Ghost. And it'll yeah. be interesting to see what they uh, have in store for the site. I don't know. Um, bully for them. Because of potential conflict of interest, them being an arcade and the owner, they're thinking of putting in a policy now where if you want to have a house high adjudicated over there for Orcade.com, you have to provide motion picture of your entire game. Which I think is fair. Which I, oh yeah, yeah, I told I totally agree. Yeah, you don't want the whole conflict of interest thing dogging your, uh, yeah, you know, your dealings. Trump. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh gosh, something caught in my throat I, there. I do like I'm on arcade.com and in the arcade spotlight, it is arcade. 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 So, sorry, hey, arcade. I don't, I don't even. I'd like to know. Okay, Doc, if you're listening, here's a suggestion for you: change the name of the site. But everyone knows it as arcade. A-U-R-C, it's like Aurora, Illinois, Orcade. Actually, that, I heard from a couple of listeners, actually, who the, who uh, said they didn't know what we were talking about, so I had to spell it out, because they're like, we're looking for that site, and oh. we can't find it, which is why I've been spelling it out lately. I see. Well, or they, the they're very putting least, in arcade, A-R-C-A-D-E dot com. What they should probably do is see if they could get arcade.com or arcade.net or, some, or, or something like that. Uh, I remember one time, right after the uh, the casinos opened in downtown Joliet, it was Harrah's, H-A-R-R-A-H apostrophe S. Oh, they also yeah. put a listing in the phone book for Harris Casinos, H-A-R-R-I-S, because people kept asking for Harris, even though all of the news and, you know. Anyway, what were, what were you saying, Andy? <laughs> I was yeah, just going to say, the, uh, they have the Arcade Spotlight um, right under the, the main banner there, and the Arcade Spotlight... Yeah. I don't, I don't know if this is just randomly generated or what, but it's the Walmart Supercenter in <laughs> Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, which has no less than three games. Those three games being Big Buck World, The Fast and the Furious, The Drift, <laughs> and Fast and the Furious, The Superbikes. Wow. Eat your heart out, galloping ghosts. Well, you know, wow. I did put an entry in Orcade. The game was uh, Le Mans by Atari. <laughs> Le Mans. And, and TZX Funeral Home in Joliet, Illinois. <laughs> uh, 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 no. 
Tzak's home to celebrate life. Oh, right. That's 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 right. Yes, they actually have in the basement in the kids' room an Atari Lemans arcade game. So still, still, probably. that is amazing. And it's the thing is, I know the building I is only funeral. like yeah, the building's only like ten years old. It's 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 not an old facility at all. So the building's like three times younger than the arcade machine. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. No Pac-Man or Donkey Kong, but you know. Lay Mons, the game that's still uh, on the top, you know, on the tip of everyone's tongue these days. Yeah. So, but uh, that's not a bad game. I like it. You know what? I should I should set the house high on that game. <laughs> Just go there, whether there's a funeral funeral yeah, or not. Go yeah, down go to over the kids to Tzak and yeah. say, "Sir, would you mind? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you an Orcade.com referee? <laughs> you got a lot of competition. Dead people and mourning wives. <laughs> Can you open up the dip switch settings? I want to submit hey. this to Twin Galaxy. Hey, could you adjudicate my score? Hello, <laughs> hello. Oh gosh, nothing but good taste on this show. Of course. Uh, well, we did talk about pies, so I guess you got that going for you. Oh yeah, which is nice. So, did we have any more news, or is that pretty much it? Oh, you guys got anything more? No, nope. not really. None. All right. So, what should what should we do now, uh, Mister Hosterfield? Well, uh, should we do a denda and errata? Should we read some feedback about kangaroo and Arabian off of the Atari Age forums, or what should we do? Why don't we merge that stuff? Since probably the feedback about kangarabian is kangarabian. denda and errata. <laughs> Why don't we do that? Well, let's read here. Um, let me see. RJ's got a comment. He says, I own a kangaroo machine, sort of. Well-known local collector guy. Oh, I'm sorry guy to hear that. Who <laughs> what fixed kind my of machine Zevia's, is that? Fixed my Zevia, sold me an empty Kang cab for 40 bucks, and I outfitted it with a PlayStation 2 LCD TV and an <laughs> X-Gaming XRK dual stick. I play all the PS2 compilation discs, Namco, Taito, Capcom, I almost said Capcorn, Capcom, Atari, <laughs> etc. on it, like a homemade MAME cab without the MAME. And then Cinecaster responds, I'm with Janitor Sean, I think Kangaroo is garbage. It's big on imitation and small on appeal, a total GoBot game. <laughs> the lack of a jump button is inexcusable for a game like this. I don't care if it saved 10 cents per cabinet to leave it out. Press up to jump idea can be managed with practice, but that's kind of beside the point. If an unintended jump happens every once per game or play session, that is too much because the problem is completely preventable with sensible controller design. I have the same complaint for a few games I actually like, including Russian Attack and Kung Fu Master. And then I responded, I'm going to go into MAME tonight and map the up joystick function to one of the buttons on my controller and see what happens. And he said, Cinecaster responded, that might fix the accidental jumping problem, but it might be a bit awkward to push a button to climb ladders. Well, I did do that in the interim between episodes. I did play Kangaroo in MAME, and I mapped the up push, push up, whatever, on the controller to the, uh, one of the buttons on my 8-BitDo NES 30 Pro controller. We're not getting paid by them, but I just love this product. And, um, yeah, it actually... The game is a lot better if you map the up direction on the joystick to a button. The only thing you have to remember, as Cinecaster pointed out, that you have to remember you have to push the button if you're going to climb a ladder, but but it actually it does actually work a lot better. I think the game works actually a lot better if you map the jump function to a button. And uh, it's worth a shot. Give it a try. I did, and I'm still here. So, uh, yeah, work with that. Yeah. And uh, it's neat so there we are um 
Some more stuff about Kangaroo. This is stuff that I discovered on my own because uh, there was a few things that I missed in Kangaroo. Uh, I'm sure Sean doesn't really miss Kangaroo, so. With every shot I've taken. With Kangaroo, uh, we had mentioned that there's a giant gorilla that comes out and will steal your gloves. If you hit the punch button after he uh, steals your gloves, instead of punching, the kangaroo holds out a little white flag. It waves a little white flag. On the third screen, where you have to punch the monkeys, that's the clip I was telling you about, Andy, that you'll have to get from the last episode. Uh, when you punch the, punch the, the monkey. <laughs> exactly. Punch the monkey, pump the monster. Uh, on the third screen, <laughs> you can walk through the monkeys that are holding up the cage, the ones that you have to, to punch to lower the cage to get, jump up to Joey. And also on that screen, and I forgot to mention this uh, because it's kind of easy to forget, at the very top of the screen, on the very top branch to the right, there is a pile of apples. Hanging down from that branch is a looped vine. If four monkeys climb on that vine, it will break the uppermost branch, sending all of the apples down the screen. It literally will rain down apples. However, you can walk up the ladders on the right side of the screen to that vine and punch the monkeys <laughs> off of the vine to prevent that from happening. On the fourth screen, which is the screen that I says doesn't really seem to have any rhyme or reason to its layout, uh, most of the monkeys will throw the apples downward, not across the screen. They will throw them across the screen, but they mostly throw them downward, which I think that's the only screen that happens on. And after every fourth screen, there's a brief intermission animation. Your kangaroo is on the left, uh, one of the regular monkeys is on the right, and the monkey will throw an object at the kangaroo. The kangaroo will punch the monkey or punch the item back toward the monkey, killing the monkey. And he will throw things like the apple core, white monkeys, ape, pink monkeys, and stuff like that. I didn't go any further in the game because, quite frankly, with all the cheats turned on, I was bored. So uh, those are my uh, kangaroo addendas and erratas, if you will. Do you have anything, Sean? Yeah, this is uh, what I think part three in our series on Frango Mints. Uh-oh. Have you heard the news? The news. There's good rockin' tonight. Oh, I mean, Frango is now going to be made by Garrett's Popcorn, a Chicago company. Oh. Oh. And of course, there are unfounded rumors that that means there's going to now be popcorn with Frango mint melted on top of it, which people Ooh. are just hoping actually does happen. Me, that does sound no. good. No, for me, my popcorn has got to be hot butter or caramel. When you uh, come to Chicago, a lot of places sell what they call the Chicago mix, which is the buttered popcorn, caramel corn, and cheese corn. And when you get the thing of uh, what they call the Chicago mix, you're supposed to, uh, and they sell it like in the big cans, like the holiday cans, and uh, you're supposed to grab a little bit from each section of the thing and eat them all at once. And oh gosh, that's a treat. Chicago style popcorn. We got Chicago style pizza, Chicago style hot dogs, and now Chicago style popcorn. You know who the worst people are? The people that when they get those holiday containers of the three different kinds of popcorn with the dividers, they take the divider out and mix it all together. Just mm. unforgivable. I don't mind so much about that. No. Oh, by the way, um, it, Garrett's can't call it Chicago mix anymore because of uh, they got sued over that by somebody really? in St. Paul. What? You're, You're welcome. Kidding. Those dirt bags in Minnesota. Oh man. I know. The, yep. We we just our problem is we just have a complex about ourselves that we're forever classified as flyover country. So really it's just about we want to be <laughs> Chicago and no we never will be. So we just try to have to ruin your guys' stuff like we want our hockey team to beat your hockey team because your hockey team is so good. We 
Minnesota, if if you've ever spent any significant amount of time here, you'll realize that the whole state has an inferiority complex about itself. It's it's the strangest thing. Well, be fair, up until recently, Chicago's pretty much had a, an inferiority complex. It seems like the only news you really hear about coming out of Minnesota is the low, uh, low temperature in International Falls. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Yeah, ever since Prince died. So... I've actually that's, been that's to Minnesota several times. That's why oh, it was such a big deal. I gotta ask you, Andy. Yeah. Do you ever go to Twig? Twig. I, I'm not. I can't say I'm familiar with it. Oh, you're a better person for that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I had to drive through Twig once to go to a friend's wedding. Is it a town? Allegedly, Twig. <laughs> it's one of those things where we're like the you are now entering and the you are now leaving signs. You will be in the path of both of those in your car. Yes, it, uh, allegedly it is a, a town 15 minutes northwest of the city of Duluth. Yep, yep, yep. It's almost as good a name as Embarrass, Minnesota, which mm. might be the most fitting name for a town in Minnesota there ever was. Mm. That sure beats Love Ladies, New Jersey. <laughs> Intercourse, Pennsylvania, or Kentucky's Big Bone Lick State Park, <laughs> or Bucksnort, Tennessee. Oh, that's a good one. Blue Ball, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and there's Hell, Michigan. Uh, there's oh, there's the town of Gaze, Illinois, <laughs> home of the two-story outhouse. By the way, <laughs> hmm. uh, I've been to Minnesota. We went uh, one time. We went on a, what went up to Thunder Bay in Ontario, and then we came back down and we visited the, all of the iron mine attractions around Hibbing and Chisholm. And mm-hmm. then, uh, oh, yes, Taconite country. Yes, and then we blew through St. Paul, Minnesota and Minneapolis, and uh, didn't stop for some reason. We ended up in the town of Dodge Center. Was it Dodge Center? Oh, yes. Yeah, Dodge Center. My dad had a friend that had some business down there, and uh, I related the story of our trip there in our track and field episode. (laughs) And um, we stayed, we camped at Nurse Strand Woods State Park, uh, which is not too far from there, and then, uh, yeah, home. Been across uh, Minnesota a few times on the way to the Black Hills, and uh, see that's all you know it as just a place you go across on on your way to somewhere else. I will say this though: if you're coming to Minnesota, you have to do the drive between Baluth, uh, Baluth. <laughs> Don Baluth, uh, between Duluth, <laughs> between Duluth and um, Thunder Bay, Ontario. The uh, the drive along what they call Lake Superior's North Shore is absolutely stunning. Oh, Lake Superior. Lake Superior is awesome. Yes. Someday I would really love to go to Isle Royale National Park in the middle of the yes, lake. But, me oh, too. For the record, um, what used to be called Chicago Mix is now called Garrett's Mix. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes. No, I'm, I'm probably Garrett mix which oh. trademark. well it's still col- colloquially known as chicago mix that's a word i can't say Collo- colloquial <laughs> clearly Collo- is there a colloquialism for colloquialism slang slang yeah so at any rate five and a quarter percent what's uh do we have did we have any uh any feedback for arabian at all I don't think we. I think we did, but we read it that same episode. <laughs> I, I actually have an errata for you guys, Uh-oh. and I, I, I'm I'm sh- I'm pretty sure it was. Li- it has nothing to do with video games, but I'm pretty sure you, it came the up in the last episode. The hosts. <laughs> yes, you're going to regret me coming on the show. No, Uh-oh. I think it was the last episode you brought up. For some reason, the movie Armageddon had got brought up, and Sean oh, had made Jimmy G. Yes, and Sean had made a reference to Def Leppard, but it was Aerosmith that sang the theme to that movie. 
Oh, that's, yes, that was, was referring to Armageddon. It. Oh, which I, I thought is you were Def Leppard. Because when I, when I think of the movie Armageddon, all I hear is that awful Aerosmith power ballad. I didn't know Aerosmith had anything to do with it. Yeah, they did yeah, the theme Aerosmith, song. Aerosmith did the theme songs to the movie Armageddon. However, Def Leppard did have a song called Armageddon. It. You are correct. So, and wasn't wasn't Liv Tyler in Armageddon? Yeah, she was actually. She was um, what's his name's girlfriend? Um, yeah. Batman. That movie. Uh, that movie is hideous. It was mildly fun escapist entertainment if you don't take it seriously. True. Um, oh gosh, the guy who just played Batman, Ben Affleck. She was Ben Affleck's uh, girlfriend in Armageddon. And she was also in the Lord of the Rings movies. And she was in one Aerosmith video in her role, and that was really creepy. Because her dad was in the video too, and he was being like lecherous or something. I think that's the music video for the song that's in the movie, if I remember right. I could be wrong. I'm not a huge Aerosmith guy. I don't mind Aerosmith's early stuff. Their later stuff, I could take or leave. They're kind of ho-hum for me. I'd live just fine if they never existed. Dream On is one of my favorite songs. That is a good song. I'll give them that. All righty. So are we good with A&E or Addenda Inerata? Because I'm done with A&E. They haven't had any good shows in quite some time. (laughs) I'm telling you. (laughs) At least they're not TLC, which has never had a good show. They had, what was it? Actually, they did have a barbecue show at one time, which was pretty good. They had uh, Robot Wars. Wasn't that TLC way back in the day? I don't, mm, I don't think back so. Back in the Ferg, excuse me. <laughs> we can say back in the day We can day say back in the now. day now. But I, yeah. I, I like saying back. The moratorium has been lifted. No, but I like saying back in the Ferg more. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Q, or Mr. Do. Oh, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> we never banned Mr. Do. No, we did not because Sean loves Mr. Do more than Dig Dug. I think I like them both about the same. It's funny because whenever I'm going down your uh, your listing for your episodes on iTunes, I always see Do Run Run, but in my mind, I always read it as Do Do Run, and I always laugh to myself. <laughs> do Do Run in the Tinkle Pit. <laughs> exactly. I really want to find a Tinkle Pit cabinet someday, and if I ever have one, I'm going to do whatever I can, even sell my soul to the mafia to raise the money to purchase it. I'm sorry, I want a Tinkle Pit cabinet now. There's just no way around it. I gotta have one. Gotta have one. I don't even know what one would That would like. be awesome. Yeah, I have a feeling Doc was not really telling the truth when he said that there was a Tinkle Pit cabinet in the back. No. <laughs> I has a sad. Uh, well, should we close the door then on Adenda and Arata? Is, are we, is, we, is we all done? Is we is or is we ain't done? I'd say we is. I, yeah, we, I think we is. What, about, we what is? about you over there, Andy? Are you is? Yeah, I, that's, that's all I had. Oh, and uh, one last uh, one last addenda. This has to do with the current episode. Uh, it is official. Tim will not be joining us. He's feeling under the weather, and um, he's sadly not going to join us. But uh, we will redo this at some time, or maybe we'll just uh, have somebody impersonate Tim's voice. Yeah, do we do we actually have any like standalone recordings of Tim? We can just drop in. Uh, yeah, let, would he? Yeah, let's do this. Let's just get or him should to we say all some just random get drunk stuff. and say. F- <laughs> I think you just did it. I'll just splice that out and I'll just assign it a hotkey on my computer and just randomly play it about 10 seconds every 10 seconds in the episode. I got to work on my Tim impersonation. Yeah. Oh, Tim uh, has an addenda or a rata. Uh, Tim just said uh, to our group, only for his, his addenda and errata, only that in preparation for the show, I fell in love with Mappy. Aw. It makes my little heart go pitter pat. So, 
I guess that's a good segue. Yeah, yeah maybe well, we should start maybe with Maybe it's a passable uh, segue. Let's, so let's do it. Let's start with Mappy. Yay, Mappy. Ah, uh, Mappy. Uh, actually, for the new year, we're going, yes, Mappy. I thought we're we were doing, saying, uh, yay, Mappy. Yay, Mappy. Well, either way, somebody said one of each Happy of them. Happy Mappy. So. Happy Mappy. There we go. All right, first thing I've got to say about Mappy is this has got the catchiest music out of any game I think I've ever played in my life. Even catchier than Moon Patrol? Yeah, I would say even catchier than Moon Patrol. Moon Patrol's music is pretty damn catchy, which that's a game we got to get to. Even catchier than Hong Kong 97? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Well, there's a difference between catchy and irritating, but I think it's only a fine line. You have witnessed that line being shaved ever thinner. There was no monster. So, anyway, Mappy. Ah, yes, Mappy. Yay, verily, Mappy. Mappy, (laughs) the concept behind Mappy. Yeah, you are Mappy. You are a mouse police of the micro-police force. The Muki cat gang has stolen treasure in a mansion, and it's up to Mappy to collect it all. To describe the game, Mappy has a two-way joystick. It goes left, and it goes right but not at the same time, and has one button. It's the open door button or open button. or I don't remember what it's labeled. I don't remember if it's labeled open or open door or whatever, but uh, it's labeled and there's only one button. So it's hard to miss. Um, the mansion consists uh, pretty much of six floors in each level. Uh, some levels you do also have an attic that you can go up into. The, how you get from floor to floor, there are trampolines placed in the mansion. Uh, in the first several levels, the uh, the levels are uh, symmetrical, where you'll have a trampoline, and then all your floors trampoline. All your... Later on, it'll go trampoline, some floors, and then some floors won't have trampolines, and they, uh, they, they mix the game up from the original pattern. The trampolines are interesting. As I said, they're the only way you can get up to another level, and the way you do that is once you're where you want to be, you push the joystick left or right to get onto the floor you want to get onto. You can only bounce on the trampoline three times. The trampolines start out the color green, bounce on it once, they turn blue, bounce on it a second time, they turn yellow, bounce on it again, it turns red, bounce on it again, it breaks, you hit the floor or the void at the bottom of the screen, and you lose a life. Now, if you land on a floor before you jump on the trampoline again, it will turn back to green. So if you see that it's red and you're ascending, get onto a floor, you can jump right back off and uh, you're good. Oh, yeah, and you can only jump on the floor while you're jumping up from the trampoline, not while he descends. Uh, now, the enemies in the game are the Muki Cat Gang. The enemies are named, first of all, the Mukies. Their nickname are Naughty Folks. They're these small pink cats, which are tons of them around there. And then you've got Goro. His nickname <laughs> is Boss the Big Bit. I don't get that. Uh, the Japanese name for that cat actually is Nyamko which is uh, actually a pun. Uh, Namco, the name of the company that made the game in Japan. Uh, oh, Mappy, by the way, 1983 Namco slash Bally Midway, Bally Midway in the U.S. Uh, Namco obviously is the name of the company that created the game, and Niam, or is, was it Niam? Niam. Thank you, I'm recording. <laughs> her and her Niam, that whole stupid cat Pop-Tart thing. At any rate, the, uh, the other thing, Nyan, Nyan is a cat. So there you it's go. It's also not Goro from Mortal Kombat. I wish it was no. the same one, but it is not. Boss, the big bit wins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes he will hide behind the stolen goods, and if you collect a stolen good while Goro, 
Boss the Big Bit. That should be my name for this episode. Um, if you collect the aisle while he's behind it, you will score big bonus points. Now, this is interesting because I've never actually had this happen before, and I've played this game for years. If you take too long collecting the items in the in the mansion, the words hurry up will scroll across the screen, and the music speeds up. I've had that happen. In testing, again, I play the game several rounds, and then I turn cheats on just to see what I can see, because I've never, you know, a lot, I've never seen a lot of stuff later on in the game. This time I turned the cheats on so I was invulnerable, and I just let my guy set to see what happens after the speed up thing. I had speed up, or I had hurry up come across the uh, the screen another time, and eventually an enemy named Gosenzo comes out. Gosenzo looks like a green coin with Goro's face on it. It will just come down out of the out of the attic and go across the screens until it gets to Mappy, hunts Mappy down and kill him. And that is like weird. It's kind of like anticlimactic, actually. Just like a green coin with <laughs> yeah. one of the other character's face on it, and. I had actually never seen this or even knew about it, really. I thought you just lost a life, you know, if it took too long. This is another game that you have a time limit that uh, doesn't have a timer on. But unlike Arabian, I think this is actually excusable because yeah. I think they give you an adequate time. Yeah, to it's a reasonable uh, amount of time. Yeah, unlike Arabian, which, you know, that's last episode. But, uh, but yeah, that thing takes uh, quite a while to come out. The goods that are scattered across each level. You have a radio, a TV, a computer, a painting of the Mona Lisa, and a safe. Now, you might be asking yourself, self, why is there an open button on the control panel? And I am here to answer yourself. There are doors that you have to open and close in the game, and you can use them to defeat or to hinder the Muki gang. Uh, there are two types of doors. you got regular doors. First are the regular doors. Uh, you open those, and... You can uh, you can bang a cat in the face with the door to stun him. Uh, ew, ew, jeez. <laughs> and it's you got to watch out because the way you approach the door. If you're now the door opens in the direction that the if you look at the door you'll see the doorknob on it and the door will open in the direction of the doorknob. So if the doorknob's on the right, the door will open toward the right. You got to watch because if you're approaching from the right and you hit the button to open the door. If you're close enough to the door, Mappy will move back, and you got to watch out that it doesn't push you into a cat. More often than not, it will stun the cat, no matter which way you open the door. You also have microwave doors, which they open <laughs> in a fraction of the time. No, um, the, the microwave doors flash alternating colors, and what happens is when you open the door, a microwave will come out. You'll pretty much hear the same sound effect from that Galaxian sequel when the Galaxian boss character in that game captures your spaceship, you'll hear the same sound effect and you'll see this microwave go across the floor and uh, any cats that happen to be collected by the microwave and pushed off the screen, you'll get big bonus points for. So uh, you got that going for you. Now, you can also close the doors. I generally don't do it, but uh, for the most I do sometimes. After you've opened the microwave door, it'll act just like a regular door after that. You could close it and open it, whatever. Starting on level three and every third round thereafter, there's a bonus round. And Mappy must pop all of the balloons to get big bonus points. You have to pop all the balloons before the music runs out. It's not something I can do consistently. Uh, oh, yeah, these, let me see. oh, yeah, you have red balloons, and you have one big balloon with the image of Goro on it, and you have to pop all those before the music ends. One strategy that you, well, actually, you pretty much have to use in, in that level at some point is uh, 
Sometimes there'll be a trampoline in the column above another trampoline. Uh, if you just push your controller to the left to hit the hit a, a right or whatever, and there's a wall right there, boom, 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 you destroy the trampoline, move on to the next section. You can do that, and in some in some levels, even on the main screen, that uh, will come in handy. A little strategy for you. Yeah. But yeah, the, there's the bonus round. Um, I do kind of wish there was a timer on the bonus round instead of the music. I, that kind of throws me off a little, but it's not terrible. I can still do at least the first bonus round. Talked about the doors. Uh, there is one other thing you can use. What's your to... favorite album? For me, it's a tie between their self-titled album and Strange Days. Yeah, I think I'd probably agree with that. I got a rock. Okay, so after several levels playing the game, you have another weapon that you can use. A bell hanging from the attic. And what you do is you're on the trampoline, you jump up, touch the bell, and it will kill any cats that happen to be in the bouncing off of that trampoline. One thing I did neglect to mention is that if Goro or the Mukis touch you, you, you lose a life, except... When you are bouncing on a trampoline, you are invulnerable to them while you're bouncing on a trampoline. However, you gotta watch the trampoline so you don't break that and lose a life. And this is something I did not know about until I was playing through the game. I played through to like level 14. Starting on level 12, portions of the floor will actually flash. And when Mappy walks over it, the flat portion of floor disappears. If Mappy falls through to the floor below, you lose a life. However, if a cat falls through it, you get 300 points for each cat. Uh, I believe it does come back after a little bit. So there we are. Here's the scoring. You ready for this? Okay. Now, here are the amount of points that you get for grabbing each item. If you grab a radio, it's 100 points. Grabbing a TV is 200 points. Grabbing a computer, 300. The Mona Lisa painting, 400 points. And if you grab a safe, it is 500 points. 10 points for every time you bounce on the trampoline. Oh, yes. And also, there is a special multiplier applied if you pick up two of the same items in a row. For the first pair of items, say like you pick up both radios, you get two points. If you pick up the next two items in a row, it's three times, then four times, five times, and six times for the fifth pair. Now, I did not notice know this until I actually... I was doing some research and playing this game recently, is I remember when I played this for the first time way back when, that every now and then something would flash on the screen. I just thought it was just flashed. No, what happens if you pick up, say, like the first radio, the second radio will flash on the screen telling you, reminding you of what you had just picked up. So it'll remind you, oh, I picked up the other radio. Maybe I should go for that one and get, you know, get the bonus multiplier on that. So, hey, you know, I learned something new this time. Uh, If you do lose a life during a round, it does reset the bonus multiplier. All right, now, catching cats in a microwave. <laughs> PETA is going to get on us for this. Yeah, you First thought of all, Maniac Mansion up. was bad with the microwaving hamsters. I have not played Maniac Mansion. Eh, it's all right. Oh, well, I don't sound like I'm missing much. <laughs> well, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's a topic for another time, I suppose. <laughs> I think that, that two-word summary was perfect, actually. Yeah. Oh, yes. well, there we are. So, catching cats in the microwave. If uh, one cat is 200 points, two cats are 400, three cats, 800, uh, four cats, 1,200, five, 1,600, six cats, 2,000, seven cats, 3,000, eight cats, 4,000, nine cats, 5,000, ten cats, a whopping 6,000 points. And if you catch Goro in the microwave, not only does he count toward the number of cats captured, but he'll also double the bonus. So if you catch 10 cats and one of them is Goro, you can get 12,000 points. If you hit a cat with a bell or uh, the cat falls through a full 
falls through a floor portion. It's 300 points. And hitting Goro with the bell, you get 1,000 points. In the bonus round, you popping a red balloon is 200 points. Popping the large blue balloon is 2,000 points. And if you get all the balloons, you get an extra 5,000 points. And I got some trivia here. You want to hear some trivia? Let's hear some trivia. The name Mappy is most likely derived from the word Mappo, a Japanese slang term for a policeman, like cop is here. In 2012, Shifty Look created a series of computer animated Mappy cartoons. I just watched the first one for the first time the other night, and it is quite funny. It's uh, basically Mappy and Dig Dug. They're cops. Yeah. <laughs> it was, that... Is this authorized by Namco? Or is yes, it, it is. Or... When you oh, play really? the video... Play the video on, uh, I, I saw one of the episodes on YouTube, and right before the Mappy credit, it has the Bandai Namco presentation thing. Yeah. You know, so title screen on there. So it's official. Yeah, Shifty Look was actually a, a, a project started by Namco, and it was abandoned some years ago, and it was a shame because I actually saw this series when it came out, because I'm a, a big Mappy fan. And it's actually, like you said, it's I find it really funny. It's very, it's got kind of that Adult Swim uh type of humor to it which which i like the animation's not great but i was gonna say i didn't i can forgive the animation if it wasn't for the fact that the mouths don't move right yeah i mean the, that it's, bugged me the most i could it, i could forgive it all if the mouths move but it's still worth looking because yeah. it's uh, the writing is clever yeah, it, it's super low budget, but yeah, for some reason they when they shut this project down, they took all of it offline, which to me makes no sense. I mean, it's YouTube doesn't cost anything, but thankfully somebody recorded them and put them back up. So I would highly recommend anybody out there that's interested in Mappy check those out because I I found them to be quite funny. Still, I watched I rewatched the the first one yesterday after you had shared it cuz it'd been years since I've seen it and yeah, it's it's really good. I I wish they had I wish they wouldn't have pulled the plug on this on this thing so quickly because they they did a really good job referencing the the lore and the 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 source material of the games and I I did enjoy that. It it was a it was a series that was really, really aware of itself and didn't mind mm-hmm. poking fun at itself, which which I enjoy that type of humor. And it was really cool to see that brought to these retro gaming properties. And I, I wish there would be more stuff like this, but I guess... Link must- in the show notes. Yes. We should actually get the sound effect of uh, of Link blowing up the bomb this time. Link set, us, set up us the bomb. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is interesting. Um, in the corner of the screen... The in the lower right hand corner of the screen, it you got like balloons and eventually a mansions and whatever to indicate what level you're on. Uh, what happens is after level 49, the level symbols in the corner, in the bottom right corner, they uh, they stop updating. However, the number on the screen when you get to the next level continues correctly. The symbols start displaying correctly again around level at at a level 100, and then they display correctly until level 254. Then level 255 morphs back into level zero. No kill screen in this game. Uh, you hit level 255 and it goes to level zero. And then the game starts over again and becomes, uh, it starts right back at level one's difficulty. So there is no kill screen in Mappy. Yeah, by that time, it was, what, 1983, right? So by then, yes. they probably figured out, you know what, we better put a level zero in this thing. Yes. And... Final bit of trivia. Mappy was the first game from Namco to include the message All Rights Reserved on the title screen, for whatever that's worth. Fascinating. Fascinating. And this is interesting. Now, there was one arcade sequel to Mappy. It was called Hopping Mappy. 
And the similar basic thing where you got to collect all the items that the Mukis have stolen. Only thing is that you're not on like platforms, you're on a pogo stick and you're jumping in a yard. And I was playing that a little bit the other night and I there's not really much to recommend about that game. Hopping Mappy is not that good, in my opinion. Check it out if you want. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I, I just don't find much fun with Hoppy Map. Hopping Mappy. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, and um, there was a game called Mappy Land on the NES that was released in the U.S. It's kind of a simul- similar... Uh, I can't believe I almost said that. Similar formula to Mappy, where you've got the platforms and you're bouncing. However... Uh, I don't believe there's a way to... Uh, there's no doors, at least the little time I've played it. Uh, you do have a jump button, because when you're on the platform, you got to jump up and grab the items that you have to collect instead of just walking over them. Uh, you still have the trampolines and the cats and everything. It's more kind of a Super Mario Brothers type feel. They tried to go for that to make... You know, Mario Brothers, you were in the sewer and you're just jumping up and turning stuff over single screen. Mappy, kind of the same thing. I mean, you're, I mean, the screen scrolls. I mean, the, the, the mansion, well, I forgot to mention, scrolls left and right because I think it takes up like two, maybe two and a half screens, uh, the actual play area. Uh, Mappy Land is similar to Super Mario Brothers and they changed the formula into like an adventure type game. And the characters in the game don't look anything like they do in the arcade game Mappy, and I've, again, I just didn't have very much fun with it. This is also another instance, we mentioned this in the Dig Dug episode, that where the original arcade game was released on the console in Japan, but not the US. Dig Dug was released on the Famicom in Japan, not in the US. Dig Dug 2 was released in the US, which was a far inferior game. Mappy was released on the Famicom in Japan, and it's a pretty faithful translation. I prefer the arcade game, but in a pinch, the Famicom version of Mappy will do. But we got Mappy Land. We didn't get the original arcade game. I don't know why they... I guess I can sort of understand why they did that with Mappy, because Mappy wasn't anywhere near as successful as Dig Dug. Dig Dug was inexcusable for, for not having a, an actual release on the NES in the United States. That's That's just not excusable. Mappy, I can sort of understand, but... I still wish we would have had it because I had an NES and I loved Mappy, but... And that's pretty much all I've got to say about the game from the technical and trivial perspectives, I guess. And, uh... What do you guys have to say about the game? Let's start with you, Andy. Well... Ah! Oh, what did I just do? <laughs> I just knocked something off here. Anyway... I did not realize a piece of paper could make that sound. I, okay. I didn't either. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I picked both of these games. Therefore, I mean, there there are two games that I like quite a bit. Uh, I've actually never played an original Mappy cabinet. I, is is that something either of you have played, like a legit yes. original and cabinet? I forget one important thing I forgot to mention about the cabinet. Pretty much every cabinet has the the marquee, which is oh yeah, long, only like about maybe six six to seven inches tall whatever. Mappy has like a huge marquee. It's like almost a perfect yeah. square. It's like about, I don't know, 18 inches by 18 inches. It towers over the machine, which is yeah. Well, the- it's, it's eye grabbing. And I love the artwork on the cabinet on the marquee is really nice. But yeah, I did forget to mention that it's uh didn't junior Pac-Man have a similar marquee. I don't know. I think one of the Pac-Man games did Pac-Mania had kind of like the three dimensional molded plastic yeah. marquee. I'll have to check. Yeah. Unlike some people, I actually will. 
Well, <laughs> I'm just saying. Be I'm just saying. I'm, yeah, you say I a just, lot of I just things. know people who wouldn't check when they say they would. But I interrupted our guest. So, guest, have at it. Yeah, I... Another minor piece of trivia is that this uh, the the hardware in this game is actually the same as in Super Pac-Man, which is another game that I really really love. Which another Pac-Man game we have yet to get to. Yes. Which uh, I eagerly await that episode because I I think that game is incredibly underrated. But I I've, I've got some stories about that game too. Yeah. But I, I guess I'll let you save that for your episode on that game. But yeah, Mappy is a game I first played. It was actually my 18th birthday, and Aww. I yeah I that was like three years ago. <laughs> I I wish is actually what <laughs> 11 years ago. Yeah, youngster. Yeah, I know I'm still <laughs> relatively young. Anyway, I Back was in my day so. for uh, for my 18th birthday. A friend had taken me on a on a fishing trip up somewhere north in Minnesota. Cause that's all we have to do here is just hang out by a lake. Um, Land of 10,000 lakes. Yeah. And they had brought, he had brought a, a little, it was like a Jack's Pacific, uh, one of those plug oh, and play device yes. things. Mm-hmm. And for some reason he brought that and it was, it, my birthday's in September, but for some reason it was extremely, extremely cold that weekend. So we actually didn't go out fishing much. And I, to be honest, don't really care for fishing anyways. You and me both. Yes. But we had this, uh, Jack's Pacific, I think made it plug and play that had all it was the I'm sure you've seen them as pole position dig dug is that Ms. the Pac-Man. one where the uh, the joystick turned for pole yes. position that oh we, that's a I, my dad has that one that's a great plug and play unit it is and it actually is kind of expensive to buy now because they don't make them anymore and because of that they're uh, kind of sought after but yeah so he had that and one of the games on there was Mappy and. We were bored and stranded up in the north woods of Minnesota with no internet access or anything else to do. So we fired up that thing and started playing Mappy and immediately fell in love with the game. And like you had mentioned at the at the beginning of this discussion, had that theme song stuck in our head for... Oh God. I've had it stuck in my head ever since for the past yes. decade plus, actually. Right after we announced the games, I started playing this game. And then I've been playing it over and over for the last for the last several days and i've been having that damn song stuck in my head every day at work today and people are like jim why are you in such a good mood i'm like i'm not in a good mood i'm just humming the song because it's in my head see that's making me (laughs) glad that i was playing it with the sound down oh you're missing out it's it's i i actually really like despite the fact that it just gets stuck in your head for an annoying amount of time i i think it is actually a really good theme song i have to say out of all of the games we've done on this podcast so far this game, in my opinion, is probably the cutest game we've done. It's very possible, yeah. The graphics are incredibly cute and charming. I mean, let's be honest, the game is really not that hard to get the hang of. I mean, it might sound like it is with, like, the trampolines and stuff, but once yeah. you play in it, it's, it's really, it really makes total sense. Yeah, and I mean, you the can music figure it out just, easily. The music is just so upbeat and happy. Even the death music is upbeat and happy in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I love the Mappy death animation. Well, not he doesn't die, but he like the, the mouse catches or the cat catches Mappy. He like falls on his face and his little tail wiggles. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Because he's happy he got caught. Exactly. Yeah. This is the cutest game I think we've ever done. And, and you're saying that within a year after we recorded the Miss World 96 nude episode. Yes. Yes, this or is even cuter than Nude that. 96, whatever it's called. The Mafia game. Yes, yeah. this game is, in my opinion, this is the cutest game we've we've done. We've done, I would say, Pac-Land comes close to being as cute, but 
the, the mouse, the design of the mouse character and the design of the cat characters are just so charming. Yeah, it's, 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 it has it's, that it's, Japanese it's, cuteness factor to it. I, I for, there's there's some word for it, but it, it definitely has that that aesthetic to it. It's adorable without being like the saccharine sweet like Japanese you know, little fat kid anime with the with the <laughs> red dots on the cheek. It's not that bad. Like uh, no. Oh God! Um, we talked like about like Super Burger Time, or... like Super Burger Time. I was just gonna say that. Oh God! Or Super Dodgeball, like even. I have not. No, I played Super Dodgeball once or twice, which I actually like, by the way. I think I played that actually only in the last year for the first time. To me, this is the cutest game we've ever talked about. It might be the cutest game yeah. I've ever played. Well, beyond even being... even cuter than Smash TV, if you can believe that. So <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. But other than being extremely cute, is also, in my opinion, an extremely fun and extremely addictive game. And I, I don't is. know what it is. It, I really enjoy maze games from this era. And while while this isn't the same, it's I guess you maybe could describe it as a maze game. It's kind of a hybrid maze platformer type of thing. Um, but there, there really I, I, isn't yeah. another game that I can think of that is like it. I I really like the having the the trampolines. Uh, that's how you, you get between levels on on the play field, and it it just has this really unique feel to it. I I can't really explain why I love this game so much, but it just from the moment I played it, I got hooked on it, and it, and it's remained. Oh, yeah. You know, back then I wasn't nearly the arcade game enthusiast I am now. You know, but it still remains one of my go to games that I play whenever I fire up Mame, and, and the first one I look for when I w- walk into an arcade, but have yet to find. But Galloping Ghost. Galloping Ghost has it. Yeah, yep. I have to get there. And I'm actually, I was actually thinking about this today. I think for my birthday this year, I want to go there. So Okay, I have to ask you. You said your birthday's in September. Yes. What day? September 4th. Mine is September 11th. That's an unfortunate birthday. Yeah, <laughs> I got <laughs> stories. I'm almost tired of telling them. But go to theonion.com and look up the article, Man's Birthday Ruined by Al-Qaeda for Second Year in a Row. <laughs> Link in the show notes. Link in the show notes. There you go. <laughs> So if you do decide to come up for your birthday, let me know. Yes, we'll I will. hang out. Absolutely. Don't yeah. tell me. I'd rather be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when uh, Ten Pence came to town. Uh, I wish we would have gotten... Oh, uh, and camouflaged our business cards, yeah. Yeah. I wish I would have known uh, sooner they were coming out, I would have made time. But, hey, you know, to be fair, they did come out in December, like the week before uh, Christmas, Ugh. so... So yeah. yeah, there was that going, but uh, yeah, it's it's been. I I think the last last time I was in Chicago was for the Pinball Expo in 2015. So it's it's been about a year and a half, which is far far too long. I, I, I didn't even didn't even know there was a Pinball Expo in Chicago. I should have assumed what we had at the time well, one of the, it's the if pinball not the capital only, of the world. Stern isn't the only company in the world making pinball anymore, but they're still the biggest. It's the first major. It's the only major one. The, the rest are kind of boutique kind of kind of thing. There's, right. You'll hear more about Stern on the upcoming Atari 7800 Homebrew podcast, by Ooh. the way. Excellent. Oh, yes. So, Sean, you're going to give us a <laughs> Stern talking to? <laughs> <laughs> <You bet. laughs> and I'm actually going to give it kind of a Stern thought because I really don't like Mappy that much. Uh-oh. I, I really don't. I, I don't... Uh-oh. I mean, I can... Yeah, it's a cute-looking game, and yeah, it's got, like, nice little sprightly sounds. And I've... I never, ever, ever knew Mappy ever existed until those Jack's plug-and-play thingies you talk about came out. Yeah. I was yeah, like, same what? here. what's Mappy? 
And I didn't even play it on that. I never played, I never saw Mappy or played Mappy until maybe two or three years ago at Galloping Ghost, actually. I was like, you know what? I might as well give this a shot. And I just, I, I don't know, I just didn't like it. It just didn't do anything for me. I think the big problem that I have with it is it's all too easy to get trapped and you have no defense whatsoever if there's yes. no door there. Especially in the and later like, levels yeah. when the the, oh, the yeah. Meowkies are faster than you are. It, it, the difficulty ramps up very quickly around level five or six. I, I think the farthest I've probably ever gotten is around level nine. And that's that's, that's by, a rare. Gotten. Yeah, that's a rare. I was I wasn't able to get there on on in preparation for this show. This was this would have been years ago, but. Yeah, it, yeah it, I think it, the highest thing I got up to like level seven without. Cheats. Yeah, I've, I think I've only gotten up to level five myself. I, I couldn't clear the bonus round though. I keep running out of trampoline. Yeah. That that is a criticism I have. Is I mean, while while the scrolling, you know, it it functions well, it looks nice. It is kind of a pain not being able to see what's on the other side of the platform yeah. that you're running across. It yeah. could use like a little range finder system or whatever but that might yeah. make the game a little too easy too or maybe have one of the items be like a bonus item that will temporarily allow you to track the uh, the other cats for a short time like a battery like powered a- radar and the batteries run out after a few seconds Something. yeah yeah ah, listen to that namco and of course in my research for this particular episode i kept seeing things like this runs on super pac-man hardware and it does ha- there's something about the game that does have that super pac-man vibe yes. even though it looks nothing like it yeah i think i think the sound maybe the sound or you something you know what it is uh what it seemed to me is when i play this game i i wasn't really thinking super pac-man i was thinking ms pac-man and i think that's because of the coloration of the uh, the floors in the game and the way that they look, and they got like the outline and the solid color. To me, it seemed a lot like the uh, the Maze and Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, and speaking of research and uh, Chicago and other things, uh, it wasn't right before this episode, but right, I think right before we recorded the previous episode, we got a comment from someone. They're like, you know what? You should actually look into reading the ma- the uh, the manuals yes. that these games come with. It's full of interesting information. Um, I, I couldn't find a manual for Mappy, but I did find some... Uh, Flyers. I found a bunch of Japanese ones, and I found some American ones from Bally Midway. Uh-huh. And I saw that it had Bally Midway's address on it, which was 10601 West Belmont in Franklin Park, Illinois. Mm-hmm. So I, huh. I checked out to see what was there now. Right now, it is Life Fitness. Uh, you've, you've heard of Life Fitness, haven't you? Yes. Or have you? Lifetime mm-hmm. Fitness. I don't know if I've heard of Life Fitness. This is Life Fitness. They manufacture fitness equipment. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Life Fitness. Let me see what, what's up with that place. Oh, I think they're owned by Bally. They were formerly part of Bally Total Fitness. Right. Uh-huh. Bally Total Fitness being the last surviving maker of non-gambling machines that used to be part of Bally Manufacturing. Yep. Mm. Do they manufacture trampolines here? Because that would be Ooh, apropos. That, oh, oh, that would be an awesome oh, crossover. Oh, man. I got to look that up in the on their website. And another thing I want to talk about is trampolines in general. Because I, <laughs> for some reason, this made me think. Of, there was a musical in the 70s that lasted like two and a half performance, I think. <laughs> and um, it was uh, composed by Galt McDermott, who was the, he wrote the music for the musical Hair. Who is Galt McDermott? I see what you did there. Yes, that's an Ayn Rand joke. Yes, yes. Uh, and um, the name of the musical is Via Galactica. 
and it's kind of like a country rock musical and it takes place on the moon. So to simulate lunar gravity, the whole show takes place on trampolines. Oh, jeez. This sounds amazing. I know. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Come back to my place, bouncy, bouncy. <clears throat> I see what you did there. Yes. Yes. Okay, I typed trampoline in the search engine, and it says, and I quote, <clears throat> no results. That's a lost opportunity. I know. Well, that's a damn shame. I wanted to go over there, jump on some trampolines and microwave some cats. (laughs) Oh, if we had a soundboard. The mic. (laughs) Pumping the monster. Microwave cats sounds like a band name. Oh, that is a good band name. The microwave cats. Oh, you know what? Earlier in the episode, we talked about Orcade.com. Yes. Let's talk about them again, because okay. they have some scores registered for Mappy. Oh, do they? Oh, do they ever indeed, indeed. Do tell. Well, I want to say. The number one score they have listed was performed May 29th, 2002, during Fun Spot 4. You know where? At Fun Spot? No. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. At Fun Spot. Uh, 658,100, as we say here, 60. 100. 100. H-U-N-D-R-E-D, hundred. Well, actually, around where I grew up, we would say hundred, like H-U-N-N-E-R-T, 160. So Twin Galaxies shows that a guy named Mike Casper did a friendly score of 2,313,890 on September 20th, 2015. Where? Jeez. Doesn't say where. Oh, it doesn't say where. No, Twin Galaxies doesn't say. Oh, All they well. say is how it was verified, whether it was well. by a DVD, TG Sap. Or referee, or whatever. Telekinesis. Telekinesis, yeah. Tap code. Hearsay. <laughs> Rumor. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy, my dreams. Yeah, that counts. Well, I couldn't tell you what my high score is. I, I don't even know why I bother saying that, because I never record any of my scores. I, I should only mention when I submit to Orcade. And I don't even remember, what was the last score I had adjudicated on Orcade? I think it was on Xevious, actually. That, that was so much fun. Last time I played Xevious was at uh, Underground Retrocade, not that long ago. And um, one of the uh, regulars uh, of Underground Retrocade, Matt Burke, uh, played it like right after I did. And I'm like, former oh, Viking you... Center. I'm assuming it's a different Matt Burke. If I liked He's football, that would fan. mean He'd something. Probably... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then I'm like, well, hey, do you know about the, the secrets in Xevious? And he goes, there's secrets in Xevious? And I got him hooked on the game. Oh, yeah, because you wanted to show him the cathedrals. Yeah, the citadels. Whatever. The citadels and the hidden one-up flags. He didn't know about those. And, of course, I couldn't find the hidden one-up flags. But I still don't know about the hidden one-up flags, and we already talked about Xevious. Yeah, I'll I, show you I, hidden one-up flag. But uh, So those are the scores, huh? I, perhaps at this point we should probably uh, rate the game. What do you rate think? Rate the game. You know what? Let's start with our guest. So, guest, out of five continues, what do you give Mappy? I thought going into this that I was going to give it a, f- uh, <clears throat> a five, excuse me. But the more I played it, uh, I, I think some of the criticisms Sean had were, were very valid. Um, 
And I, I think a lot of the reasons I love it so much are purely nostalgia. But looking at it objectively, I, I do have to to lower it just a bit to a four. I still think it's a really good game. It's a really fun game. I still enjoy it a lot. But I think you have to save that five continue uh, score for something that's truly elite. And if I'm honest with myself, as much as I love Mappy, I love the aesthetic, the music, and I have some great memories with it. I can't quite put it at that elite level. So it's going to have to be four continues for me. Oh, and one thing I did forget is uh, I didn't mention the, where the very first time I played Mappy was and the uh, when I played it, or where I played it, or when, or both, or either. And I, I played this way, way back in the day, 1983 at the Aladdin's Castle at the Louis Joliet Mall. You don't in say. Joy, Illinois. I don't say. And I remember exactly where the cabinet was, too. It's funny because I was just thinking about this. Whenever we talk about it with... Almost every game I played was along the right-hand wall when you walk in. Uh, every now and then I'd play the stuff that was, like, front and center. They had, like, games grouped in clusters down the middle, and then they had the wall on the left. Uh, they had their big games right up front. I remember when Astron Belt came to the Aladdin's Castle, which is a Sega Laserdisc game. It was right in the cluster in the middle, and so was uh, when Ninja Turtles came out or G.I. Joe or whatever. For some reason, Dragon's Glare was Dragon's Lair was always on the right, but uh, the big games were like always in the middle, and I would play those. Almost every game I played was in the right hand side of the arcade, with a couple of exceptions. Like Smash TV was in the was in the rear left corner, but almost everything I played was in the right on the arcade. I don't know why that was. Zaxxon, Super Zaxxon, Robotron, Mappy. Wait, uh, hold it, hold it, hold it. Uh oh. This week in Robotron. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, oh, by the way, did we have anything for video game physics? Oh, do we have anything for video game physics? I don't think we do. I think uh, I think the physics are actually correct in yes, this game. Yes, no, no, we do have something for video game physics. Uh, can we put in our video game physics uh, bumper now? It's time for another edition of Video Game Physics! So yeah, in this edition of Video Game Physics, we examine how cats and mice behave on trampolines. Oh, yes. They just pass right through each other. They pass right through each... Well, the thing is, we only get a 2D perspective. For all we know, they could have been in front of each other, behind each other. Oh, yeah, that's a fair so, point. Yep. So that's that's not the physics I was talking about. I'm talking about the physics of how it is possible for cats and mice. They only have the ability to choose a landing destination if they are heading upward. Oh, that's... Yeah, that is true. Physics do not allow them to choose a level on the way down. Also, if a microwave door is open in front of a cat, that cat will be repelled in the opposite direction inf infinitely. Well, that's physics. Video game physics. There you go. There we go. Video game physics. But yes, I played this at the Louis Joliet Mall, and I have to rate this game a five. This is one of my favorites. Ooh. I think it's fun. Uh yeah, it can get a little annoying being trapped on a platform and you don't really have much in the way of defense other than the doors. But, uh, I mean, the cutesiness and the, the gameplay is very addicting, and I, I have to give this a five. I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised this game didn't do better in the uh, American arcades than it did. It's just, a, it's just a great, fun little cutesy game that is easy to pick up and play. Or, well, like arcade cabinet, I guess. It wouldn't be easy to pick up, but it's easy to play. So, what do you say, Sean? Oh, you want to hear from me? Okay. Well, you know, I I really don't like the game. I 
part of it might just be because of my own prejudices because I'm, I'm not a cat person at all, partly because I'm allergic to cats. So I see a cat, I'm immediately turned off. Well, it's the opposite for me. I see a cat and I'm immediately turned on. Uh, the less said, <laughs> the better. But what, what was I saying? Cats <laughs> oh, allergy. Um, let's see. Not really. I'm I'm not a member of the uh, Did furry I say courtesy community. to speak English? Um, so you didn't really like just, the game because you're allergic to cats. I mean, just uh, the overall gameplay. The, the way I felt about Mappy when I played it was, you know, this is kind of fun. And then five seconds later, it's like, you know what? I get the point. <laughs> Whatever. And it just doesn't hold my interest that much. The thing is, I do have to commend the creators of Mappy for being, well, creative. It, it is a very creative, it is a unique theme. You're not going to see another game like that, except maybe, maybe one of the, one of the mini games in Journey, where you have to bounce on the drums, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's everywhere. But, you know, I, it's, it, just, it just doesn't do anything for me. But thing is, taking into consideration how it is a very creative game, it's it is an attractive game. It really is. It's it's got nice sounds. It's an attractive looking game. But for me, I'll put it to you this way: if I go to Galloping Ghost and you know I'm just kind of looking around for something to play, I might stop over and play it. But if I'm at say an arcade that's not a pay one price place where you have to actually actually pay a quarter or a nickel or a token or whatever, whatever. I'm not going to play it. Having said that, I'm going to give Mappy a three. Three continues. Whoa. It's a respectable score. My highest score in Mappy, I think the number one default score on the high score table is 20,000. I can't get that score. I can't. Really? I I think maybe 17,000 if I'm lucky. When I played it last, I think I got somewhere in the fifty-three thousand neighborhood. Wow! It's uh, what once you learn some of the mechanics and some of the stuff that you can do, once you learn some of the strategies, it's not that bad. It's not overly hard. I mean, I was able to clear the first two rounds without losing a life, but I just can't score that well on it, and I just don't do very well on it. It does take a lot of practice to be good at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can get good at it. I mean, it's not one of these things where it's like, yeah, this is impossible. Yeah, I the, when I when I had mentioned my uh, my story about having first played this game, my friend that I had played it with was he's like freakishly good at these things. Um, any arcade games, he doesn't even play video games that often, which always would piss me off because being such a big fan, every time we'd fire up any arcade game of any kind, he'd always destroy me. And he can easily on his first attempt get to like level thirteen or fourteen on this game, and it always pissed me off but that's Sounds not like jim that. white yeah i don't know him but sure i guess that that with that we should move on to the next game yes let's yeah. do that yeah the next game is wwf wrestlefest and since my thoughts I'm, exactly wt oh never mind <laughs> since i'm not as familiar with this game and i would assume neither is sean we're turning the floor over to our guest all right. Yes. So, WW. Take it away. Here, here, take the floor. It's very heavy. Oh, it's a nice floor. Okay. Laminated. <laughs> very Laminated. nice. Pergo. We got it from Hobo. <laughs> All right. WWF. Ermagur, Pergur. Can I just have the floor? Come on. Well, okay. you get take the floor. You got to take the ceiling also. <laughs> it's a package deal. All right. 
Yes, WWF WrestleFest. I, I I'd kind of assumed neither of you would be terribly familiar with this game. This is more of a, a game that's uh, popular with people my age that uh, uh, you know grew up with arcades in the 90s. But WWF WrestleFest. Yay, WWF WrestleFest. Yay. Is that all we're doing on that? Is that it? <laughs> is, that, is that all? No. You can continue. Well, that's how we have to introduce the game. Oh, yeah. okay. Yay, WWF WrestleFest. I still like the classic, uh, WWF WrestleFest. So I'm going to go Joan with that. retro. Yes. All right, WWF WrestleFest is a follow-up to the highly successful WWF superstars, if they don't mind saying so themselves. And they don't mind saying so themselves because that's taken directly from the manual that I have printed off here. If you've ever played WWF Superstars, it's a it's it's a similar type of game. Uh, some some more additions that uh, were made, some extra wrestlers, some extra match types added to WWF WrestleFest, which is why why I picked it for this episode. It actually would have fit the theme um, if I would have chosen the original that we haven't revealed yet, which I will reveal at the end. But basically, WWF WrestleFest is a game in which you pick from one of eleven or twelve wrestlers. I. I you can only pick from 10 because the Legion of Doom are characters in the game that you can actually not select. And they are there to be the the final bosses of the Saturday night's main event tag team mode in which you pick two of the wrestlers. Um, I guess I'll, I'll read off the roster real quick. You can choose from either Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Ted DiBiase, The Big Boss Man, Earthquake, Mr. Perfect, Crush of Demolition, Smash of Demolition... Jake the Snake Roberts, and Sergeant Slaughter. So the first mode, you pick any two of those wrestlers, and if you choose Demolition, you can only choose the the team of Demolition. You can't choose one member of Demolition and uh, another one of the wrestlers. I guess there's a a way you can do it with cheats, but uh, by default you cannot do that. And you need to make your way through five matches to ultimately take on the Legion of Doom and win the tag team titles. In the other mode, the Royal Rumble mode, you basically just have to outlast the the rest of the roster and survive till the end, and you can either eliminate your opponents by pinning them, submitting them, or throwing them over the top rope, which differs from the real-world Royal Rumble rules where opponents can only be eliminated by being thrown over the top rope. So those are the two main gameplay modes. There are no one-on-one modes in this game. Um, just the Royal Rumble and the tag team mode. So I guess with that, I, I, I don't. There really isn't a, a ton to say about the about the game other than that. Um, as far as trivia or anything, um, there are four different difficulties: normal, easy, difficult, and most difficult. The normal mode I actually found to be fairly reasonable difficulty, especially for an arcade game like this of the time, because of course beat 'em up games were very popular at the time, and this kind of sort of falls within that realm it's it's not quite a beat-em-up game but it's not quite your traditional fighting game either it kind of lies somewhere in between i have a lot to say about this game but i i guess i'd like to get your guys's first impressions first what you kind of thought about it because i have i have a lot of memories with this game and kind of have a, a bias towards it in a way so i'd like to hear what two people who really don't have any sort of attachment to the game or <laughs> Or the source material, I don't know, are, are either of you currently or in the past big pro wrestling fans at all? 
Well, I got into WWF for a short time back in the uh, back in the eighties, back when they had the WWF Superstars cartoon. Yes, and um, I remember watching some uh, some matches. I was into it for maybe about two years, and I'm like, meh. Uh, I do actually recall seeing the arcade game way way back then, but. I'm just not a huge sports game player. Uh, Professional wrestling is not a sport. How dare you, sir? Why do you think it's called WWE now, World Wrestling Entertainment? Well, all I'm going to say la, is... La, 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 <laughs> It's still I, real to I me, never damn really, it. I never really play too much in the way of sports games. There are obviously some exceptions, uh, especially if you consider car racing a sport. Um, it's not a sport. It's only... driving in a damn circle. Okay, George Carlin. Um, <laughs> the only sports games I really played, for the most part, were track and field, hypersports. Uh, I guess you could consider boot camp a sports game. And um, Atari football, which is one I desperately want to talk about, because that's a great, uh, that, great yes. classic football Atari game. Football. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I don't like football at all, and I love that game. But we'll just, again, we'll save that. That's... I don't know if there's a whole lot to talk about with that game, but it's it's a great game. But I've seen this game, but I just never played it because it just didn't really pique my interest that much. I, I would always go for the shoot-em-ups or for Mappy, and I, it was just, just not my thing. I didn't really start playing it for the first time until, you, uh, until we put to our friends over at... Uh, what the hell's the name of your show? Oh, yeah, Super Podcast <laughs> Brothers. That sounds uh, right. About, uh, about uh, giving us some ideas for a theme for this show. Uh, actually, we let you guys select the games and create the theme. And if, actually you're, you're pretty much, this is pretty much all you. Yeah. You didn't even tell Tim what the theme is. Nope. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm apologizing for Tim. <laughs> Going into business for myself. <laughs> I'm giving voice to those without a voice. <laughs> Almost Aww. literally. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Very nice. So I don't know. I, I really want to like it, but it just seems to me that, one thing me and Sean aren't huge on are games that are like quarter quarter munchers. Yeah. Uh, to me, I mean, we've had some difference of opinion. Uh, I remember when we talked about Terminator 2 yeah. Judgment Day. That's that's uh, the that, first thing I thought of when you brought that up. Because I, I remember you having very different opinions of that game in some yeah, ways. Because I, I didn't mind the continue feature that much because the game was telling a story, even though you probably saw it in the movie theater. But it was still telling a story, and it had a plot, and it had a progression. And I didn't mind paying more to see more of what the story, un- you know, how the story unfolds. Uh, versus continues for games like uh, Dig Dug, uh, which was one of the earliest uh, games to have a continue. Uh, I think we re- we mentioned that it wasn't the first. I thought it was the first, but it, w- it wasn't. But it was one of the earliest. And there's no real reason for a continue in, that, in games like that. And... Um, this game, I, I don't, I, I don't know. It just almost seems. Now, I didn't change any of the settings. I just left everything default, you know, at the default difficulty. And it just seemed to me that it, it was, especially in the Royal Rumble mode, it was really, really difficult to do anything unless you kept pumping credit after credit after credit after credit into it, and that kind of hampered my enjoyment of the game. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know if this is one I will be coming back to. Maybe out of curiosity. Or out of, I don't know, <laughs> masochism. But uh, I can't say I had a really good time with this game. Now, I do have to give the game credit because the uh, the wrestlers look like who they're supposed to look like. 
Yeah, uh, I, oh, it's, they to, do. Yeah, it's 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 a very beautiful game, if you ask me. the The animations and the just the character models are super well done. So I, I think that's that's an indisputable uh, aspect of quality with this game. Is is graphically, I think it's very impressive. And I, I can't fault the sound either. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that Mean Gene Okerlund in <laughs> the uh, attract mode? Yes, yes, it is. And he did. Uh, he did lend some voice to it. I actually did have the name of the person that did the announcing in the game too. It was uh, Mike McGurk. W- That's it. That's it. And uh, his voice is in the game. They got. Uh, they've got like two different models of the characters. They have actual motion capture, like in the uh, uh, attract mode. Maybe not motion capture, but digitized images of the actual wrestlers in the attract mode. And then they had kind of a, as you were saying, a, a different kind of like cartoony like character model actually in the play of the game. And they did a really good job of making them look like their characters, albeit maybe fatter. <laughs> yeah, they, they're but, definitely uh, a little uh, bulkier, yes. even even than they were in the in the mid '90s or late '80s, mid '90s, which was a a notorious era for excessive steroid use. But even compared yes. to their their real life roided up counterparts, they are they are rather uh, they are rather bulked up. Yes, that they, they are. But uh, yeah, graphically, it's a, I think it's a it's a fine game. I what well, I think one thing that kind of bored me. I guess you could see this game as kind of uh, not so much a fighting game, but it's more like a beat 'em up. But it's the, uh, the the background and the environments are just kind of stagnant to me. There's only like three different environments. There's the ring, the steel cage, and getting thrown out of the ring. Yeah, and that I don't know. Wait, I mean, give I, it- I mean, I get it's a wrestling game. Yeah. And there's not going to be a lot of environments, but. I don't know. I think they still could have done maybe a little bit more with it. I I don't know. That's that's just me. I, I don't know. Sean, what do you have to say? Well. Well. Um, and that's a good subject. What do I have to say? Um, there, there are all kinds of problems with this game for me. For me. For me personally. First of all, I am not into fighting games. I'm not. And this is a fighting game. It's what, what kind of. Yeah, I agree. It's kind, kind of a cross. Of. It's a, it's a kind of a a little bit between a beat 'em up and a little bit of a one one on one kind of thing, even though it's, yeah, it's technically kind of a, not a one on one. Yeah, it's like a hybrid of the beat 'em up and the fighting. I think it's closer to a beat 'em up, if you ask me. But yeah, uh, I, I, I can kind of see that, especially the. the uh, I'm, actually, no, I think I'm wrong. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I I just don't like that genre of game, and I never ever 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 liked professional wrestling ever 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 <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And yeah i just i remember my brother was into it and i remember he was all excited to order wrestlemania 3 on pay-per-view oh so like i remember i remember hulk hogan i remember danny davis the referee and and, and all those but <laughs> you're right. rowdy roddy piper it's <laughs> interesting the, the names you bring up are hulk hogan and the referee danny davis we'll tell you right now <laughs> yeah. gene <laughs> and, and and speaking of which, that's Hulk another thing. That's something that kind of disappointed me is that this was a lost opportunity. I don't know much about mm. these wrestlers at all, but there should have been some kind of voice. Like you should have heard something like "Hello, Hulksters" or something like that. Even if it's sure. just on the character select screen, there should have been that. There's okay, no I do have that- to mention one thing. Because you were saying how there there should have been like the voice or whatever. I did notice that when they took. 
the uh, the ring when your when the characters came into the ring they did the little mannerisms that they do every time they enter the ring like the Hulk he would like put his hand up to his to his ear and then he would shift to the other side and do that he did that mm-hmm. uh, and it had a lot of it actually had a lot of of cute touches like that or maybe not cute but uh, but it had a little bit of the little bit of the touches like that that they do in the in the real wrestling, the, the, the moves that the, uh, that the wrestlers do. And I did appreciate that. That was, uh, that, that I thought was kind of, kind of neat, but anyway, continue. So I think I came to this game already just turned off. Cause like, Oh man, I got to play a wrestling game. And I know it's going to be kind of like one of these one, sort of a one-on-one fighting game in a way, maybe a beat em up, which also kind of turned me off. I mean, yeah, graphically, it's a good, it's graphically, it is a very nice looking game. It's a very nice looking game. And when this game came out, it was what, 1991, I think. And that was right around the time when both arcade games and home console games, when sounds were kind of getting, eh, the sound isn't good in this because it's, it sounds kind of like distorted harpsichord, you know, like, like how back, back in the eighties <laughs> yeah. when you have like really nice booming sounds, booming explosions and nice bass and all this here, it's like, and it's like the music is like that. And it's constant. I'm not one for constant music. So, you know, I just, and this is something else that I've found. This is very common in many, many games of this type. I was able to figure out, okay, so here I could just use the joystick. I can move around. And I was playing this on my GPD XD because I couldn't make it to Galloping Ghost, who does have this game um, since we decided to cover it. But I was able to figure out what does what. Okay, if I push button A, this does that. If I push button B, this does that. So all I got to do is keep doing this and I can beat somebody up. No, no, I can't. Because as soon as I get in there, somebody grabs me and body slams me bends me in half and it's like come on really so yeah you know what i'm talking about you know you know yeah i uh i guess i'll kind of go into why i like this game so much um well you just do that yeah obviously i mean obviously <laughs> having a having a a love for professional wrestling and having liked it so much as a kid that that really does help it, the enjoyment of the sure. game yeah and you know having having that uh already built in affinity for the source material does enhance my enjoyment but that said when i actually went and played this for this episode it's it's probably been 20 years since i actually played this in the arcade and to be honest i have no idea where i originally played this i was i was so young and it's just a a, a distant memory at this point but i actually ended up liking it a lot more than I thought it would. And like I said, it, it's kind of a, a hybrid beat em up and fighting game. And those two genres in the arcades, I do not care for whatsoever. Because on one hand, with the beat em up genre, like Jim had said, it's it's more of a, okay, just put quarters in the machine until you get to the end and there's nothing you can do. There's really not that much skill involved. And that really annoys me. I kind of hate that. And, you know, especially, you know, for playing those games at home when you can just press a button and instantly get another credit. It really takes the point out of these games. I know they're originally decide, you know, originally designed for the arcade. So maybe that argument is is moot. But I don't care for the beat em up genre as a whole. Like Jim said, just a game is mostly just designed to take your money with uh, with little satisfaction on the gameplay end. On the fighting game side, you have games like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, to where 
if you don't know the the button combinations to do moves, you have mm-hmm. no chance. And to me, a game in an arcade that doesn't provide instructions and makes you pay for each time you want to play the game, that is just unacceptable and not fun to me. I hate games like that in the arcade. On a home console, okay, because you have time to sit down, learn the moveset, learn the combinations. That's a fine application for it. But what I think WWF WrestleFest does right is kind of takes the best parts of those for arcade gameplay and puts those together. While the the moveset or the, the controls for the wrestlers does take some getting used to and they're not immediately apparent, once you learn the controls for the game... It actually becomes very manageable, and I I can beat the the Royal Rumble and the the tag mode on maybe one extra credits because it it does allow you to when you when their health gets depleted you can put in another credit to to regain your life and that's the sort of beat them up insert more credits continue on with the game sort of mechanic which in this game doesn't bother me because once you learn how to play the game it's actually very manageable. So how the controls are, like like Sean said, you have the A and B button that are for punch and kick. They obviously serve other functions um, than just that. So the A button, which is the punch button, you can also use that to grapple. And when you get into a grappling state, it is it is kind of a dice roll sort of thing, depending on your wrestler's stats and your health level. So there is an element of luck and chance to this aspect of the game, but I, I think the way it's balanced is actually is actually just fine, and it actually makes for a game that, even if you haven't played it a lot and you're you know maybe joining your friend who has played it before, it allows you to jump in pretty easily and and compete. But once you once you're grappling and and your wrestlers will kind of do the the collar and elbow tie up, you can you jam on the A button. And then, depending on different factors, one of you will pull off a grapple move. And each wrestler has four different grapple moves, which the which one they perform will depend on some factors. It'll depend on, one, your your health and the, the opponent's health to which you're grappling. So if they have really low health, like with Mr. Perfect, for instance, you might pull off the Perfect Plex, which is his, his finishing move. I was going to ask, yeah, there are like special moves you can do. Yeah, and a lot of them are like that. They're grapple moves to where once your enemy... And you don't... I, I guess you do see your... Do you? I, I guess if you're playing a computer, I don't remember if you see the enemy's health or not. I was too busy. No, you don't. You don't okay. see the enemy's health. And that's one of my complaints about this game because you can just keep hitting, hitting, hitting them and you don't know what, exactly what damage you're doing to them. And, and I really think that is... That is, in my opinion, the biggest flaw in this game. Um, there, there is a visual indicator, though, to when their health is low. When, when they are down on the mat, if they are laying diagonally, that means their life is at the point where you're probably oh. going to pin them. And I that, did not know that. Yeah, so and it's actually at that point when you can press A when you're standing by them, and that'll perform a, a special move. And you know, of course, if you're Hulk Hogan, you do the leg drop. Um, if you're Earthquake, he does this little dance and then sits on them and pins them. So so only a few wrestlers have a, a really cool special move like that, but they all have something to where you can, once they're laying diagonal, you can do a, do a finishing sort of move and go for the now, pin. A few things I do like about this game. Uh, I do like that you can climb up on the turnbuckles and jump on the opponent wrestler if they're like laying down on the ground. And I do like how if you get thrown out of the ring, you can yes. pick up like chairs and stuff and hit the other guys. Yeah, and, You can uh, pick up the, uh, the ring steps and the, and the TV monitors, which is a, yeah. a, a commonplace wrestling, uh, foreign object that, and, um, 
you know, you have once you're thrown out of the ring, you have a time limit before you have to get back into the ring. I don't I never stayed out long enough to see what happens when the timer runs down. But I do I do like those uh, those few touches. Those are nice. But like I said, the uh, the thing with uh, of not having a, a, a health meter kind of is the biggest flaw in this game. One thing we did forget to mention is at least I don't remember it being mentioned is that this is a, a multiplayer game. Uh, f- you can have up to four people at one time to play this. Yes. And I have not gotten a chance opportunity to play this with more than one person. I would actually like to do that. Yeah, I'm going to say it right here. I'm not going to rate this game because of my limited experience really? with it. Uh, I just don't think it's fair to judge this game. on only having played it like, you know, 10 times over the last couple of weeks. So I'm not going to rate this game. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. Uh, uh, that's what I did with uh, Fix It Felix Jr. I did the same thing. I'm just good, not well, gonna, you did that not because gonna... it wasn't a real, yeah, real, that's real different game. too. But I don't. I, I really don't have the experience with this game. I, sure. I. But then again, I rated Tinkle Pit. Yes, you <laughs> did. So just rate the damn game. So are you saying this is worse than Tinkle Pit? <laughs> hey. Tinkle Pit is our werewolf, the last warrior. <laughs> it's true. Good. It's true. <laughs> oh, by the way, my I've had my phone for a little over a month, and already it auto-corrects Tinkle Pit with a capitalization. Really? Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Okay, well, I guess I'll rate it when we get to it. But Yeah. Uh, there are just a few more things I wanted to bring up about please. the game. Um, I, I was talking about the controls, and yeah. what I like about this game is that and going back to my what I was saying about um, you know the brawl or the beat 'em up and fighting games, I don't like how even you know like I mentioned with the with the having to learn the button combinations in fighting games, even when you learn it for one character, for another character they're a complete other set. But in this game, although each wrestler has different moves, it's it's kind of like a game like this is kind of going to be a ridiculous uh, comparison, but like Smash Brothers to where. The this you you can kind of expect what a certain button combination, what type of move it's going to do, but each character has different moves. But that way, you don't have to relearn to play the game with a certain character in a way, and that's how it is with this game. And I like that. I like how knowing the the basic control set allows you to play with any of the characters, even though some of them have different stats and they have slightly different move sets. You can jump into a game and play with any character and know what you're doing. So I like how it cuts that aspect of arcade fighting games to where they all have different button combinations for their moves. Also takes out the... It takes out the, the complete sense of chance and luck I guess I don't know if that's the best way to describe it. What with beat 'em up games to where you just kind of feel like you're going through the motions and pumping in quarters. There is enough of once you learn the controls, there is enough of a skill to improve at the game and and feel like you're actually getting better and making a difference in your performance other than just, well, I got to put more quarters in. And I get that the the first impression of the game might not have you believe that. But once I really dug into the game and learned how to play it and learned learned the rules of the game and the controls, I did feel like I could actually get good enough at, to this game to beat it on on one credit, which really isn't the case with most beat 'em up games. And huh. while it does, like I said, it does have that little bit of luck and chance with with the grapple system um, that you're not always go- going to land a move when you grapple your opponents. I do think that balances the game quite well and makes it actually feel like a pro wrestling match to where it's kind of a back and forth. Rarely in a pro wrestling match do you get a match that's all one opponent 
getting an offense. It kind of has a back and forth and has a flow to it. And it, it even adds, adds in little touches like if you're a partner in, in the tag team mode is standing on the apron for long enough, you'll see up in the corner it'll flash power up, which means you can tag them in. And for a brief period of time, they will win every grapple they get and their their offense will be will be slightly increased in terms of how much damage they do, which kind of reflects the, the hot tag in, in wrestling to where you know the, the good guys getting beaten down and beaten down and trying to get a, a tag and when he finally gets his tag to his partner and they go crazy and you know beat everybody up i think it really uh captures the essence of a pro wrestling match as stupid as it is as as as, you know i've said i'm a big wrestling fan but it it is a very stupid juvenile form of entertainment and and i accept and embrace that about it but i think this this arcade game captures the essence of wrestling very well i could see that actually i i I think you are right on that i think it does capture that I, i I, I, I'm having a hard time with this game, though, but it's just, I didn't notice, notice the uh, the power-up thing, because I'm a novice at this game, and I just haven't really played it enough to, you know, uncover a lot of, like, secrets and that sort of thing, but... Sure. Uh, yeah, it, you know, yeah, it, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. It captures the atmosphere yeah. of wrestling quite nicely. And like I said, I think my, you know, the fact that I do like wrestling, and, and this period of wrestling too, the, the late 80s, early 90s so much, that definitely does enhance my enjoyment. I I maybe wouldn't be so enthusiastic for it if I didn't already care about the characters and the, the medium that the game is trying to reflect. So that definitely does help. I, I get that this probably isn't a, a game for everybody, and anybody that says they don't like it, I'm not going to argue with them because it's... It's definitely uh, tuned for a certain audience of which I am part. But yeah, I I really enjoyed... I actually expected that this is the one I would play far less than Mappy in preparation, but it went the exact opposite way. Once I I dug into the game and learned how to play it, I had a blast with WrestleFest. So... I normally would say the first time we played this game or first, you know, whatever. And honestly, the first time I ever played it was actually in MAME. Me too. (laughs) Uh, Like two weeks ago. But I do remember seeing it in the arcades uh, circa 1991. Once again at the Aladdin's Castle, Louis Joliet (laughs) Mall. And this was one of the games that was on the left side of the arcade. (laughs) Go figure. I never played it. (laughs) Maybe they just um, did it for you. They knew what you would like and what you wouldn't. I know there had to have been games on the left-hand side of that arcade that I played, but I just can't remember any of them other than Smash TV. I don't remember all what they had over there. I mean, because Zaxxon, Super Zaxxon, Firefox, Star Rider, Mappy, uh, Biggest Battle, um, uh, Robotron, Joust, they were all along the right-hand wall. Dragon's Lair, Space Ace, Dragon's Lair 2, Time Warp, those were all along the right-hand wall. All of the big showcase games, like I said, were in the middle kind of like cluster of games but that's that's weird i don't remember playing any game on the left hell i played the trivial pursuit arcade game quite a bit and that was on the right hand side of the arcade as well <laughs> nice. and i love that game actually i, I don't know uh, if i've ever played that but i'm i'm i love trivial pursuit so I'd, I'd probably enjoy it that's a game that's one of the games that's actually on our list to uh possibly talk about somewhere in the future very nice but do we have more to, any more really to say about this? Or I think we should give some attention to Technos Japan. Yes. Let's do that. Yeah, so um, this is interesting. They were founded by three former staffers from Data East. 
They're founded by Bob Technos. So it is possible that somebody that worked on Werewolf the Last Warrior also worked on WWF WrestleFest. That warms my heart. It's possible. Well, this happened in 1983 or 1981. So I don't know. 1991. uh, Oh, are you talking about the the event? Technos was formed in 1981. I was like, okay, gotcha. And games that Technos did was Karate Champ for one which was licensed to Data East, of course. And I believe the Double Dragon series, too, no? Yes, correct. And by the way, I meant to say this earlier, but I have a big problem with the Double Dragon series. Totally, totally misleading title. How so? There are the two two dragons. dragons. They're on the title screen. Yeah. They're on the marquee. What more do you need? Where in the game are they? I want two dragons in the game if it's going to call the game Double Dragon. Billy and Jimmy have the heart of the dragon, okay? Oh, puh. <laughs> I don't go to a McDonald's asking for some guy named McDonald to serve me. Yeah, I do. Sean. That's what, I've been boycotting them since 1994, <laughs> and that's one reason. And um, they, oh, and uh, Technos again, White also. Castle does look like a White Castle, though, so I got to give them that. And uh, Technos, by the way, also did the aforementioned Super Dodgeball. Yes, Yay. which for a time I had the world's second highest score, and I'm pretty sure it has been brought down a couple of dozen levels since I achieved that. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, so that that's pretty much all I had to say. Yeah, about, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised. I should have actually mentioned that when I opened discussion about this game. So yeah, I mean, it it is easy to kind of see the uh, the double dragon influence on this game again. Uh, d- yeah, slightly different sort of game. It you know, you're not you know scrolling a you know, cross the screen, just beating up tons of enemies, but it's it's kind of the same idea, and you can you can see that art style in this game as well. But uh, yeah, like like I mentioned way at the beginning, I I do actually kind of like the Double Dragon games, and per, perhaps my my newfound love for those games, at least some of the original ones, helped me enjoy this one a little more. But yeah, I that's pretty much all I got to say about WrestleFest. Um, trying to think of any any last thoughts that I want to to give. Uh, speak now or I'll forever have to hold my peace in regards to this game. But yeah, I that's that's really all I got. I, the two modes are cool. I, I like having the choice of doing the, the, the tag team or more of an individual focused ones. The Royal Rumble is fun. It's really satisfying to throw your opponent over over the, the rope to eliminate them. So just just a fun game, especially for a, a fan of, of vintage pro wrestling. It's it's good fun. And that's all I got to say about that. Mm-hmm. I was wondering when that was going to happen. Well, wonder no more. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys want to rank these at all? At least Sean? Sure. You know, when I came into the lounge to record with uh, the two of you guys, I was originally going to say this game is a one because I don't like wrestling. I don't like these types of games. And. Yeah, I just don't. I didn't like the gameplay very much. But after uh, listening to some explanation from uh, Mr. Andy Ryerson, I kind of took that into heart. It's like, yeah, okay, okay. well, I'll I'll take your word for it that, yeah, once you learn the controls, you could probably do a a pretty decent job. Yeah, and I mean, that uh, is part of the problem with this game. I don't know if you, I mean, I learned them because I went on GameFAQs and found a pretty good FAQ on how to, you know, on all the moves and stuff. So without yeah. that, it, mm-hmm. it definitely suffers. And in an arcade setting in the 90s, you know, where you couldn't just look up a FAQ on your phone, 
Yeah, I I can understand the the trepidation there. So maybe maybe having that little more modern bias increases my enjoyment. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe so. But something that I always take into consideration is: Will someone who is not a fan of the topic enjoy the game? Like for example, like I, I mentioned this yeah. when we talked about the Beavis and Butthead game. It's like okay, but would someone who's not a fan of this game enjoy, or a fan of Beavis and Butthead enjoy the Beavis and Butthead game? And the thing is, like I'm not a fan of World Wrestling Entertainment Federation, whatever uh, version of that entertainment group uh, you are familiar with. Uh, I I never was, and. Having said that, I'm not a fan of this game because it doesn't do anything for me as someone who likes to play games. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bump my rating up to a two. And while I have the floor, I just want to, I have to vent about something. Uh-oh. In the late 80s and early 90s, I'd love to watch Saturday Night Live. One thing that <laughs> I know where this you, is going. You know exactly where this was going. How I have I don't think I've I've seldom ever been more pissed off than at 10:30 turning on channel 5. <laughs> Saturday night's main event. Saturday night's damn main event. It's like what's this Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I I guess I, I can understand that. that. Yeah, to what you said about will uh, will somebody that's not a fan enjoy this game? I would say in the way if somebody that w- enjoys the genre, I can imagine like the actual game genre, and they don't enjoy wrestling. I can see them liking it. Right. I really can. And also, I I think in the manner that we played it, just one person on our own, probably not. I think if this is a, a game that you have three friends with, even if there are people that aren't familiar with beat 'em ups or wrestling, if you play it with four players, I could see oh, yeah. somebody having a good time that otherwise wouldn't care for this game. Um, uh, I do want to try this uh, in actually in yeah. an arcade with multiple people I to think, see uh, see if that. I think that might be might be the better way to play this. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I really liked it on my own, but I, I think it really was meant for a multiplayer experience and mm-hmm. for somebody well, that hell, didn't I mean, like tag the, team wrestling. Right. So for somebody that's not, you know, doesn't have this love affair with, with the medium, I, th- I think playing it with a couple friends probably would help the enjoyment. It, you know, it's probably not one you'd go back to a lot, but I could see it being good fun to throw a few quarters in it for a few games and, you know, mash some buttons and do some pile drivers. Why not? Anyway, net. So. How about your ratings, guys? You know what? I changed my mind. I'm going to rate this. I'm going to just rate it a two. I was originally going to rate it a three because when I first started playing it, I was actually having a little fun with it. But then after a while, it just, you know, pumping credits in, it just got repetitive and it just didn't do anything for me at that point. And to do the, uh, the battle Royal or the Royal rumble or whatever that mode was called. Yeah. Just token after your credit, after credit, after credit. I honestly again, couldn't tell the difference between the two. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, to, the, the thing is I didn't know any of the special moves or anything like that. And the whole thing I think I hate about, and really with the fighting games is if you're going to play a game, you shouldn't have to go in and learn all the special moves. If there's maybe, maybe like if you're playing a shooting game and there's like something hidden once in a while and, you know, sure. something, I mean, that, that's one thing. But if it's something that's an, an integral part, an integral, di- you know, part of the gameplay, you shouldn't have to look that up in a book or online or yeah. something like that. And like I said, the, the learning curve is 
less steep than a game like Street Fighter, but it it isn't right. something that's completely obvious on the front end. I, I will give you that. I have to say, uh, last time I was at, I think it was the, when I was at Galloping Ghost last with Sean, uh, I actually did play a round of Street Fighter 2 uh, for probably about the third time in my life. <laughs> it had been like 30 years since I'd played it before. And uh, yeah, I still can't get past the first car- uh, the first person in the yeah, game. So. Yeah, me neither. I'm terrible at those games. Yeah, and you, for those who've listened to this show, that you've heard my uh, Mortal Kombat story. If not, you can go ahead and listen all the way back to episode three for that. So, if for no other reason, the butthole story. Some <laughs> butthole. So, any rate, so Andy, what are you going to rate it? Yeah, I I originally anticipated maybe a two or a three for me, but like I really? said, yeah, I that was kind of before I went back and played it. But after I went back and played it, I actually liked it a lot more. I'm not going to give it a five again. I I don't think it's it's worth putting on that pedestal. But I think it's a really really fun game for what it is. That's that's very well designed. Um, I have no major complaints about it, so I'm going to give it a four because I think it's Ooh. a very, very solid game. It it might be to me the best wrestling game in the arcades, and that really isn't saying a whole lot because there I was weren't. Say, yeah, the ones like after or, this, no. especially the the WrestleMania the arcade game, which did go to like the the Mortal Kombat style controls. I just really don't like that game but i did enjoy this one i anticipate actually going back and playing it quite a bit and if i uh ever get down there to galloping ghost this will be one of the first ones i go to so i i will say a very solid four for me i have to say i'm, I'm just thinking about some of the wrestling games that are out there and i haven't played very many if any in the arcade but i've played a few on home consoles one of them is data east's tag team wrestling and i do have to say that the control in this game is at the very least more intuitive than that ever yes. was. Yeah, the, on the home consoles, really, it, like the Nintendo 64 is pretty much where pro wrestling games begin for me. Anything before that is rather meh, in my opinion. So, yeah, I guess we're we're done with that. Uh, Sean, do we have any scores, by the way? Why, yes, we do there, Fiddle totally for- Ooh, forgot about that. Well, uh, I'm going to Orcade.com, A-U-R-C-A-D-E.com. They only track the Royal Rumble on that one, and uh, someone who calls himself Mirko Joe Koo, or no, jo- Mirko Joe Cop, my mouse pointer, my mouse pointer was over the little downstroke in the P, so it looked like Koo. Ah. Uh, March 11th, 2012 at the Galloping Ghost Arcade. Um now it says 11. I don't know exactly what that means because I don't remember ever seeing a score in this game. I don't know if this means that this person won that many matches or what. It means, yeah, that if you beat the Royal Rumble, it displays the amount of opponents that you threw out. And I think that is a perfect score, 11. I don't, I don't think you can do any better than that. Well, that explains Twin Galaxies because at least they actually spelled it out for Royal Rumble. They said They say most opponents beaten. And I think this is two people because it says Daniel Lee Lee Strickland Perea. So I, I'm hoping that's two people. Uh, verified uh, February 11th, 2016. Seven. Seven. <laughs> and they also, at Twin Galaxies, they also track Saturday night's main event. <laughs> <laughs> and they track it by what stage you reach. And Justin, I don't know how this Justin person says his last name. Uh, it looks like it says it's kakach or something. How is it spelled? Uh, that sounds like somebody's safety word. <laughs> kakach. How's that spelled? K a k a t s c h. Oh, okay. Cacao. 
and oh, not only does he have the uh, Twin Galaxies world record for Saturday night's main event, he reached stage five, verified May 16th, 2013, but he also has the number two Twin Galaxies record for the Royal Rumble, most opponents beaten with six. I, thought, I just thought I'd mention that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really a, a high-score game, really, by any means, but uh, right there you go. Right, well, should I reveal the uh, reveal the theme, or is there anything else you want to get to Wait, before I've that? Wait, I heard it revealed already. It's games that have the letter A in the title. Well, I mean, technically, and any no. a, any better guesses <laughs> than that? Uh, it's games that uh, games that you played in an in an arcade that was once located next door to the electric fetus. <laughs> Possibly, but no. Actually, no, I've never played Games Mappy. Games that use a monitor, a CRT monitor. No. They have a joystick? Also true, but no. The theme for this episode is games that feature policemen as playable characters. Oh! Oh, oh clever. Tricky, tricky. Obviously, Mappy and Mappy and Big Boss Man in Big WWF Man. WrestleMania. Yep. Oh, it's a game that have mice and the, the, the it's a John Steinbeck thing it's a of giant, mice and oh, men. Oh man, yeah, and it does say here that Technos America is located in Salinas, California. Ooh, wow, we are just good at this thing. Actually, well, actually, it says Cupertino, but I think oh. they meant Salinas. <laughs> oh, it's games that have mice and they also have men and they're cosplayers. <laughs> You have a mouse in one game, and you control someone who's mighty in the other. I see what Ooh. they did there. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I, I guess those all work, more or less. Sort of. <laughs> sure. They're kind of roundabout kind of way. <laughs> so you yeah. know what? You know what I think we should do, Jimmy G? What should we do? Since we have a we have a guest here, we should let our guest announce what the next games are going to be. Andy, what games are we going to be talking about next? We haven't chosen any games yet. Oh, so you're... Great. You made an ass out of the poor guy right here in front of no, <laughs> couples of people. I don't need anybody to make an ass out of me. I can do that on my own. Thank you very much. Have you heard our show? Come on. I was going to say, I thought that was something me and you talked about beforehand, Sean. <laughs> so, Andy, since you're our guest, do you want to uh, announce the games for our next episode, even though you're going to have nothing to do with them whatsoever? I would love to, yes. If, if I were just to be informed of what they are, I will gladly do that. Uh, Spy Hunter and Vanguard. Oh, okay, so that's what you decided on. <clears throat> For the next episode of the Pie Factory podcast, the titles that will be being discussed are Spy Hunter and Vanguard. Ooh. Yay! Spy Hunter and Vanguard. Ooh, what could the theme ever be? Tune into Pie Factory podcast episode 48 and find out. This is, this is episode 47 we're doing, right? No, we're right doing now? 48 now. Tune into Pie Factory Podcast episode 49 and find out, won't you? All right. I most absolutely will. Oh, great. Now we got to uphold some semblance of quality. <laughs> yeah, and at the very least, we should thank people who gave us money. Thank you, yes. uh, Rory Coleman. Thank you, Michael D'Angelo. Thank you, Kyle Etter. Thank you, Nate Lockhart. Uh, we got to talk to him at Midwest Gaming Classic if we see him there. Oh, again. yeah. So, hey, whatever happened to that thing he did with us? Uh, thank you, uh, Greg Soul Blazer Polander. Thank you, Jonas Rulo. Uh, thank you, Keith Bike Guy Chicago Sheehan. Thank you, Underground Retrocade. Thank you, Richard Valdez. Thank you, thanks to Patreon Spot. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Okay. Well, no <laughs> thank you to them for me because none of them gave me any money. So, screw all of you. Uh, Here, that we've got like- a coupon for oh, a free I'm going to tell you castle. what. 
I'm going to tell you what my former boss would say to people in this situation. Oh, that sounds like a YP, not an MP. Huh? Huh? <laughs> that's the sound of a joke going right over two people's heads. And uh, over my head, that's actually a song by King's X. And we were talking about King's X before we started recording. There and you so go. brings episode 48. And Full so circle. ends episode. So, Which is the name again, of the Doors album, by the way. Full circle. We will be talking at you all again in a few weeks. And don't say we didn't warn you. Don't say. And once again, from the irradiated wastelands of Morris, Illinois, this is Jimmy G. And from White City, this is Jonathan. And from North St. Paul, Minnesota, this is Andy Ryerson. And if you like this episode of the Pie Factory podcast, you can check me out every other week. Okay, I think we're done now. Okay, cut. All right, stop (laughs) recording. Go ahead. You can't even let me get my plug in for God's (laughs) sakes. We're evil. (laughs) That is superpodcastbros.com where you can join us live every other Monday. Our next show will be on February 13th, which is a Monday. You can join us at 7.30 U.S. Central Time. This upcoming episode, we'll be discussing the classic werewolf, The Last Warrior. And I, I have been contemplating doing a live feed of me playing the game while you're recording. Ooh, that would be yeah. interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I could handle it. <laughs> I know I can't. That game is, like you said, that's very much the tinkle pit of our show. It's just kind of become the mascot. Uh, oh, February 13th. Wow, that's two days after um, the Atari 7800 Homebrew podcast that discusses Frenzy. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. I very so much look forward to that. Yes. Oh, what a coincidence. Yes. Oh, All righty. So we'll see. Talk to y'all later. Bye-bye. Salad spoons. This episode of the Pie Factory podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is The Happy L composed by Sean Courtney. Love theme from Adenda and Arada was composed by Jim Goebel. Follow the Pie Factory podcast online via Facebook, on Twitter at Pie Factory PFP, or on piefactorypodcast.com. Support the show at patreon.com slash piefactorypodcast. Alrighty, so let's... Alright, so uh, Hyde's got to drop in the love theme from Addenda and Arata. Addenda and Arata. Addenda and Arata. Addenda and Arata. Not anymore, he doesn't. I got you covered. Ah. Alright. This might uh, violate his uh, his uh, union rules. But that's true. Just saying. I, I, I wouldn't want to do that. Gotta keep the man employed. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that audio engineers have a union, but they, they do. They have all kinds of weird rules, but anyway... Yeah. When I have to edit Tim and I together, I just have just this kind of slate recording where everything's on there that I can sync up to, and that works. That sounds like something you would do to somebody. I'm going to Timonize you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, syncing, I was going to ask the for the sync question, uh, what is your favorite uh, syncing ship? And I was going to say hmm. the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah, that was going to be mine, too. I'm a sucker for the, the, the Great Titanic. Lakes freighters. I was not going to say the Trump administration. I don't like politics. <laughs> politics. Uh-huh. Politics. Uh-huh. Let's see. Shop now. Let's see. Exercise equipment for your home. Oh, they got to have trampolines. Oh, oh my, my God. God. They got to. You would think. Well, they don't got to, but it would be nice. Let's see. They have... Um, I know I'm not going to sign up for your the damn <laughs> Jingle, jingle, jingle. Let's see. Um, let's see. They have... Uh, 
good lord. Just tell them, just give me a list of things. Oh, they have good tread, lord. Treadmills, they have treadmills, ellipticals, exercise bikes, exercise, exercise. Oh, their website sucks. Oh. <laughs> I'm on it too. It's hideous. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus. It's like every time you move, it's like got hovers on everything. Yeah. If you do view all, it doesn't actually show you all. <laughs> I'm wisely staying off at of the is site. Is there a search engine in this damn... Oh, there's a magnifying glass. Let me see. Let's see. Trimapoline. Jesus Christ, this website! <laughs> All right, I gotta look now. <laughs> Wait, because the show notes. <laughs> Toppled over my microphone in disgust. Okay, let's slow down a little bit. We don't want to burn up all of our energy now. We got a lot more to do if we want to get ourselves into shape. We got some serious hanging and banging ahead of us, but you know, we still gotta stretch first. <laughs>